This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everybody. Stephen Lockridge. Hello, everyone. And Will Bentley. Hello, everyone. And welcome to a special episode in which we will be taking a look back at the year 2021 in DTV form and short film. Uh, the format for this episode will be as follows. Each round, we will take it in turns to state our nominated film. If someone has the same film in a higher position, they will say punt and we'll move on to the next person. If not, then the original person can give a short summary of why they chose that particular film. So we're going to kick off with our top 10 shorts. Now, Rich, um, how many shorts have we covered on this show in this year? Oh, my God. It's like, uh, I think, almost 100, like 96, I think. Yeah. Um, 44 on our on the main show, this this show, the, the DTV Digest, but uh, 52 on our Short Shots spin-off show as well. Yep, so we cover a lot. And if you're a subscriber to the uh, Short Shots uh, Twitter page, then we, you will know that we pop along a link to a new short every day. So if that sounds interesting to you, give us a follow. Um, so we're going to kick off with our shorts. Um, I'm going to go first. So my number 10 um, short film this year is Action C's Special Force. Does anyone else have that one? I don't, but it's an excellent choice. Yeah. So, so this is from, uh, I believe it's Thailand. So uh, the Thailand of Vietnam. Vietnam, I think. Vietnam. Um, it's, it's a brilliant little short about um, three Special Forces guys sent in to take out this, this gang. Um, it has got a wicked sense of humour. If you're a fan of Stephen Chow's um, sort of comedy, uh, this is definitely up your street. Um, I, I absolutely love the comedy in this. Just works gangbusters. Uh, okay, so Steve, what is your number 10? My number 10 is The Forsaken Mandalorian and the Drunken Jedi Master. Um, nice. Yeah, I just thought it was nice and fun, really well shot. And kind of like, you know, the opening to a wider adventure, which <clears throat> hopefully they might elaborate on. Um, yeah, thought it was real good. Yeah, you can't really fault the um, the design of it. That's for sure. You know that they, mm. they really matched the um, the aesthetic of, of the show and did a really good job. Uh, Rich, what is your number ten? My number ten is the time traveling sheriff. Punt. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on then to our number nine. Uh, my number nine is burnt. Punt. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Steve, what is your number nine? Uh, my number nine is Sarah, which was the Jason Isaacs yes. slight sci-fi one. Um, which, yeah, I thought it was really well done again. Uh, obviously, it's great to see Jason Isaacs popped up with something like this, but mm. it, was, it was just intriguing. really was intriguing that the that housekeeper robot was trying to take over, basically. <laughs> and... It's like a little, like a, dom a domestic kind of situation against sort of a robot uprising, isn't it? It's like yeah, a, it's like the yeah. rise of the machines, but mm. instead of being focused on what the Terminator's up to and everything, we're just in the house with um, 
you know, with with just a regular family. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. but with just enough to sort of, you know, to, to do a bit of world building and show the sort of the, you know, the, the wider scope of what's going yes. on. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good, very good choice. Uh, Rich, what is your number nine? My number nine is an action film called Payload. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which I enjoyed for uh, for the exotic location, which I think was made in Portugal, uh, I, I believe. Uh, it was made several years ago, but it took a long time to actually get finished off and released. So it, it came out in at the very start of, uh, of January this year. Lots of different locations, about 13 minutes long. Uh, it starts out as kind of a transporter kind of thing with a guy in a suit trying to deliver a suitcase. But then it, it, what I liked is it, it's got the multiple sort of sections to it. So, it, mm-hmm. you know, he gets... He has that sort of chase scene. Then he ends up in a, a sort of a downtime bit where he's teaming up, catching up with his mate, and then uh, a whole like bunch of uh, goons, you know, goons, <laughs> goons come after him basically. So then there's another big fight scene. And he gets a one to one scene. There's a bit of a twist at the end. Really good. I mean, it, it packs so much into about 13 minutes. Very uh, got a really good look to it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, it, it basically covers all covers a lot of the bases and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, really stood out to me. Cool. Uh, we covered that a full review in the third episode of our Short Shots show. Mm. Okay, so moving on to our number eight, uh, my choice is Meet Jimmy. Oh, I'm hearing crickets. Okay, so Meet Jimmy, this is a really <laughs> cool um, horror short about a girl doing her um, laundry in the laundromat, listening to a um, true crime podcast. Uh, yeah, except, yeah. except the um, you know the, the audio sort of takes on a life of its own, and the serial killer story that she's listening to um, starts to personify, and the it's it's the audio um, design for this episode that really makes it because you know you are that girl listening to the you know the story developer in in, in your ears and, and it works really well, really really enjoyed it. I wonder what it would be like to what to like just listen to it i wonder mm. what that experience would be like Very you know just put just turn mm. off the screen just pop it in your pocket or something and just mm. you know just let the you, podcast thing do its work and the, it prob- and the it probably sound would design. work yeah probably yeah. would work okay uh steve what is your number eight uh, my number eight is black market brawl punt uh <laughs> okay and uh rich what is your number eight my number eight is burnt okay off you go <laughs> Yeah, so uh, uh, more more so even than the previous film I was saying, I think this this one perfectly shows how you can tell a fully formed story in less than fifteen minutes. Mm. It's 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 co- it's com- entirely complete. It's not like a section. It's got a beginning, middle, and an end. Uh, it's you know in- does set up, introduces the characters, mm. and it's it's like a horror comedy, but. Um, but actually yeah, horror, horrible yeah the horror <laughs> and the comedy works i mean yeah. I've, I've watched it three times and you know it's really clever the way they mm. use all they use this toaster basically it's a killer toaster movie mm. and um the way they fit in so many different scenes and it's you know there's there's the kind of the obvious stuff like standing on a plug which just gets me every time and That's, then there's the bit yeah. at the end where he's got <laughs> the guy ends up with his hand in the toaster and stuff it's just yeah. like and yeah. oh, it's fantastic you, you're a big fan of this one too, Mike. Yeah. Yes, I am. It was my number nine. So yeah, I, I totally love this. It, it's one of those clever ideas of taking an inanimate object and making it scary. You know, um, we've, mm. we've seen other var- variants of this, things like the drone, 
you know, that, that, that did a really good job of um, taking something as stupid as a drone and actually making it menacing quite like that. But, you know, you, you can't get more innocuous than a toaster, really. <laughs> and yet they, they, they managed to sort of, you know, the, the bit where he stands on the plug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <know>? <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, and the, yeah. the, the other things like um, the uh, when the, oh, God. Um, when they put the they put something in the toast, the, to, yeah. the toast comes out and they, it's burnt a face and on it's it. It's got a burnt face on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they they put the toast in the bin and then mm. because the bin lid is one of those bins that closes really slowly. Yeah, the the camera just lingers on it and it's really suspenseful. Mm. <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's like you know you're looking at this sort of demon thing. In I know the, it's in a piece of toast. It's so clever. <laughs> yeah, it's a piece of toast. It's so clever. Uh, made by uh, Danny Morgan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've saying like fully formed story in like less than fifteen minutes. I think it's basically just over ten. I mean, it's yeah. it's 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 mm-hmm. no time at all, but it, it's so good. Very good indeed. Um, okay, so what was that? That was our number eight. Mm-hmm. So moving on to number seven, um, I'm going for a chapter from The Cure, which is faster. Punt. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I see. You know. Minds for thinking light and all that. I won't say great minds, but you know, definitely minds. Minds <laughs> of some description. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Steve, what is your number seven? Uh, yellow belt fury. Nice. That is a good. Nice, one. fun. You know, it's a bit silly, but yeah, it was enjoyable, and I really liked the fight scene at the end. I thought it was just so over the top and funny, mm. and you know, when she loses a, a partner and. You know, all the training montage and stuff like that. And no, it was just a bit of a goofy, funny film, you know. Oh, yeah, it's very playful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Rich, what is your number seven? My number seven is Welcome to the Sting. Oh, that just missed my top ten, that did. <laughs> yeah, good choice. So this is a flight-centric short, um, limited locations, but a lot of... Uh, lot of clever sort of development of the fighting as the, as the film unveils so there's basically two fight scenes it starts out with a, sort of an introductory fight and the setting up of the scenario with the cop trying to get undercover and then he, this the first one is he's got to get beaten up and then once he's in the room he's got to prove he's the best basically so that he can get um get in with the the bad guy and become his like number one guy anyway so What's clever? I mean, it's all just shot in like big sort of in uh, unassuming location, which is uh, not which is quite common for these kind of things. But the the camera work and everything's quite good, and the choreography is excellent. Uh, but they, like I say, it's the upping of the stakes. So mm. that they, they start fighting, then they break, then they throw. Then there's like an, another element is thrown in, like a, a gun. So like the guy breaks a gun into like two parts, you know, the, the clip mm-hmm. and the gun, and, and then they've got to fight each other to try who's going to get the clip or who's going to get the gun to then kill the other guy. And then at the end, uh, in the last part of it, then another guy enters the fray mm-hmm. and uh, he's got a great finishing move and stuff. It's just, it's got, it's got all these, ah oh, moments in it. And we saw it at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival, played really well on the big screen. But, you know, um, you like, so like pretty much all of these films, you know, you can just find it on YouTube. It's really worth your time. It's about 12 minutes. Uh, we covered it. I mean, it came out in March. Uh, I've seen it like three times now. It's really good. Uh, and we did a full review on the eighth episode, I think, of our spin-off show, The Short Shots. Yep. 
Ooh, moving on to number six, and I'm going for eye exam. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so like Steve with his um, his yellow belt fury, this is a nice short. This reminded me of things like the Twilight Zone and Outer Limits. It is literally just a woman going, you know, having her eyes tested, but while mm -hmm. her eyes are sort of blurry with the lenses and stuff, she seems to think that her optician is something more sinister than human and, and you get these bits as as the lenses are changed over suddenly she gets a bit of clarity and we see that actually yeah there's sort of you know lizard creature kind of thing in, in an optician's <laughs> outfit it, it, it is i think it's about two minutes long or something ridiculous like that but you know they managed to do a lot with the idea and, and building this sort of you know this sort of trepidation and tension um yeah I, I, it's uh, one that stuck with me I really enjoyed it was that one of the Etheria shorts, Mike? Yes, I think it was either Etheria or the stylist ones. I think it was Etheria, okay. yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, it worked really well. Um, okay, so Steve, your number six. Uh, my number six was Batman Other Worlds. Good okay. one. Yeah, uh, yeah, cool. I really liked the fight with was it Black Mask at the beginning. And it, yeah, I think it would just was filmed really well, set really well. Mm. And, you know, the, the art direction, the everything I thought was really, really good. It was a really, really high standard. And, you know, it was a decent little film as well. Nice little story. Really enjoyed that one. Mm. Is that the one with the silly What's ending? Or, yeah, or well, that... that's, the thing is that the hot, that, mm. that hot, the, the, it was all a prank. It was like a, it was like an eight, April Fool's Day kind of thing of like yeah. people doing all this build up to do this big yeah. film and then actually they, they do this whole pulling out the pulling the rug out from under you thing yeah. uh, you know about five minutes in <laughs> or something yeah. but it yeah. was it was really good yeah it was um mm. yeah the d different iterations of uh, Batman and things going on really cool yeah because yeah, we get a bit of the sort of 60s Batman thrown in and stuff mm -hmm. really uh so so Rich what is your number six Dr. Bees of course returns. it is <laughs> Oh, bloody hell, there's both of you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to number five. Um, and my choice is Blake Ridder's The Manor. Nice. That's a good one. This um, really impressed me, this one. Um, it, it was a little bit meta, but it really uses location really well. There's a brilliant setup at the beginning. Uh, it's ostensibly about a production crew um, doing a bit of location scouting at an um, old manor house. And as they start walking around and exploring, sort of weird st stuff starts happening. Um, very well done, you know, zero special effects or anything, but um, some, some really clever editing sort of makes it work. Re really enjoyed it. Uh, Steve, what was your number five? So this is one of the punts from earlier. It's the time, time traveling sheriff. Yes. Um, Excellent stuff. It just did what it said on the tin. I mean, it was, you know, really nice and sweet. And a lot of the stuff we do is normally like, you know, actually or horror really, isn't it? But mm. this, was, I just thought, was something sweet, something different, nice, family-orientated one that, you know, you show your kids and stuff. And the, I thought the effects and the, the magic effects were really good. Um yeah, it's just wholesome family fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, you know. and it feels like a Hollywood movie. It's like the quality is yeah. so good on it. Yeah. The, um, uh, the cast and that and great. I mean, the director... Uh, or the Zach director, King. 
Well, Zach King's the, the, star, the um, yeah. yeah, he's the star. He's the sort of yeah. the YouTuber magician guy. There's lots of um, lots of tricks and stuff. But the the film, the main filmmaking force is Colin Levy, who did Skywatch. Mm. Oh yeah, and, that's you know, right. Yeah, uh, this guy, I, I'm I'm sure it's just a matter of time before he gets a a really good, you know, yeah. blockbuster Hollywood movie or something. It just seems mm. a matter of time. I mean, he's 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 got all the he's got all the skills, the tools, the tools and the skills. Yeah, yeah. just yeah, the money. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this mm. is the sort of guy that you would that would be doing a Jurassic Park sort of movie, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's got it's high production values, amusing script, great performances. What uh, you know, completely different to pretty much everything else we've watched this year. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's just so so novel and in, you know notable and uh, yeah and and, intru- and was the first thing to introduce me to Zach King and I'm, I'm checking out some of his other yeah me, me, me and Josh well. me and Josh like to check out his stuff it's so so clever you know um, a lot of sort of false perspective stuff and and you know re- really really clever um, um, what's the word I'm looking for illusions that's the one <laughs> <laughs> okay um, so Steve. Sorry, no, Rich. No, nope. your, num- your number five. Uh, so my number five is uh, probably what, a film we've talked. Uh, it's a film we've talked about very recently. It's Resignation Day. Oh yeah. Which is uh, it's a fun sort of spit. It's kind of a, a mix, a mix of different things because it's kind of British gangster film, Guy Ritchie kind of stuff to mm. an extent. And then there's another element which is more like a. Uh, hitman trying to give up, give it up, and you know go, yep. you know go his own way. Mm. And there's a bit of sort of Jackie Chan style fight action on a boat and that. But and there's there's irreverent humour sort of mixed in, and but the film's got a really dark edge to it, especially at the end. It's just mm. it was quite it was quite surprising. It was 18 minutes long. Uh, it's uh, we again another film we saw at uh, the Fighting Spirit Film Festival. Yep. Really well shot, great location. I mean, they've got some really nice. Um, you know, stately home kind of location for it, a bit like the manor, really. But in this case, we get like aerial shots of it and everything. Uh, and it's made by Adam Brashaw and Adam Basil. And, and it's not again; it's it's kind of a film that is in, entire, although it's kind of got an open ending. It's kind of more; it's not really a cliffhanger as so much of a, I think, just sort of a a, a, a sting in the tail kind of ending. Mm. I think and. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's it's the most whole it's another one of those films that's like feels pretty whole uh, and and really good rather than just sort of being like a proof of concept or something so yeah really really good jolly good okay uh moving on to our number four and my choice is is one of the etheria films and it's misfits now i don't remember this one mike so you'll have mm. to fill me in okay um this one it starts off in media res. Oh, we love that. We we do, don't we? <laughs> you, you you know how much I'm I'm a, I'm a you know a staunch um, proponent of uh, in media res. We should introduce um, an in media res award. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but this is again you know like like um, I was talked about the um, the darkness of the road in in a previous episode. This is one of those rare occasions where using in media res actually helps the impact of the story. Because we're talking about a 10 minute short. Mm-hmm. And mm. this, this, starts, this starts in chaos. It's, it's set during the 60s. It's, it's um, a bunch of black friends and 
they've got a cop tied to a chair in the basement. Yes, I remember this now. Yes. Okay. And then it cuts back to like one hour earlier or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and you're thinking, and, and one hour earlier, everything is idyllic. You know, a girl's coming back from a um, college course. Her friends are making dinner in the kitchen. Everything's relaxed. Everyone's happy. And for once, you're going, shit, what on earth changed? You know, what, 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 is, what has changed to push them from this idyllic situation to having a cop tied up in the basement and then you find out on the radio martin luther king's just been murdered and Uh, it all falls to place it is just brilliant you know it is really emotionally charged um brilliantly acted yeah it's um it's it's a brilliant watch i thought so yeah um misfits that one brilliant uh, moving on, uh, Steve, what was your number four? Uh, my number four was Out of Mecca. Oh, um, yes. Stephen I just, Reynolds. Yeah, I, I love the story. I love the way it was, the way it played out. And it, it just, it grabbed me. It was really, really well done as well. I mean, I think it, was it something like six grand it cost? Mm. Or oh, something ridiculous like that. Because once it had finished, I ended up just letting it, letting it run on YouTube and it came up with like the making of as well, right. um, which I thought was really interesting as well. You know, he, shooting the um, like the mecha game bits. Yeah, the, the point of view you know, sort of bit too. Yeah, the, yeah, how he did that and, you know, how they adapted to making it and shooting it on the fly as well. It's just, it just really interesting as well. But um, I thought the performances were really good as well. And it was just quite an intriguing story. And I think it's one of them that could, if he gets the chance or the opportunity, I think it could make a really good feature as well. Yeah, it was, yep. pretty, it was just, it was borderline feature length anyway, wasn't it? I mean, it's, it's, like, yeah, it's, yeah. Long, it's about 40 minutes long. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's like a, almost like a, like a TV, kind of like, a like an episode mirror. kind of. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Really enjoyed that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, Rich, what is your number four? So my number four is one we've mentioned before. It's Faster, a chapter Mm. from The Cure. Yep, that was my number seven. (laughs) So you go first, Mike. Okay, so um, The Cure itself was a very ambitious um, short, which um, it, it basically threw everything, including the kitchen sink, out the screen. Mm. There, were, there was car chases, there was parkour, there was gun battles, there, there was um, a fight with a Harrier jump jet. You know, it, it, it was yeah. it was very, very intense, but messy. Whereas this next episode, which has still got the main guy trying to deliver this, um, you know, this cure um, on a motorbike being chased through, through the city. Uh, lots of carnage still. But it, it feels more streamlined and um, not not constrained as much, but in control, you know. Whereas the other one was sort of a bit too sort of chaotic for its own good. I think uh, this was much more focused on its on its sort of main agenda, um, and it is a, um, a real showcase for the sort of you know what act, what action you can do with with CGI on a low budget. Mm. 
yeah, and it's the kind of it's it's the kind of action you would see in a Fast and Furious movie, basically. Yeah, but Michael Bay, but done sort of stuff. With, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, but done with like a uh, what, like Gareth? Was it Gareth Edwards who did Monsters? Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of he, a, he yeah. did Monsters, yeah, 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 like a made. It's almost like a made in your bedroom on a computer kind of mm-hmm. kind of film, almost to to uh, you know that it's so the ambition is so. I mean, the opening of Faster is all shots of you know, jump jets and, and it, you know, it's on an aircraft carrier and it looks like they're actually on an aircraft. They, they were actually filming on an aircraft carrier, it appears. Mm. I mean, then you've got all the stuff on the streets with, you know, the, the very careful compositing of all the, uh, the motor- motorcycles going through traffic and people getting shot and crashing and stuff and cranes and, you know, there's yeah. a, oh, the whole thing with a shipping container. Shipping container and stuff. Yeah. Like, so, it's, it's, so proper, it's proper big screen carnage, you know. It's, Being, um, you know, I tell you what's funny though is uh, you know watching it again. I mean, this uh, was another film that came out right at the start of the year. I mean, January yeah. was really good for short films. Mm-hmm. Um, this came out middle of January. Uh, I'm watching it at the end of the year. Um, so the characters at the start, the guys who were saying it's it's set in a world where there is this deadly virus or, or disease or something. Mm. And oh, the world. They, yeah, and they keep having <laughs> to give, give themselves booster shots. Yeah. To to. Mm. To keep it at bay. I mean, how timely is that? <laughs> it's just, it, just exactly, feel, yeah. it just feels really weird to, to sort of um, to be seeing this again. I mean, I know it's obviously an exact in, in an exaggerated fashion, but you know that's kind of where we are right now. So that's really weird. Exactly. So um, yeah, it's the great uh, Ahmet Atle. I think he's a I think he's a Turkish filmmaker. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's um, it's it's Hollywood blockbuster. You know, mm, in, in quality, in, yeah, in, in in quality, yeah, absolutely, yeah, awesome. Moving on to number three, uh, my number three is again from one of the Etheria collections. It is Unsafe Spaces. So this is a black and white short featuring a woman finishing work late at night and having to cross an empty car park to her car, but there is a man standing in the way. That should not be the premise of a horror film, and yet it is. And you go in watching this um, with that sort of sense of trepidation for for this woman, except nothing actually happens. But you're you're kind of expecting something to happen, partly because it's been dressed up as a horror film, but partly because in the back of your head, that situation feels dangerous. And and they, they capture that perfectly. So there you go. <laughs> that is my number three. Uh, Steve, what is yours? Uh, my number three is one that Rich brought up earlier. It's Dr. B's Returns. Dr. B's which... Returns. <laughs> it... Oh, it... God, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just batshit insane. It, it, they're brilliant. Uh, I think we end, I ended up watching, was it three of them? I think yeah. it was. Yeah, there's yeah. three. And... I think it's just one one guy does it all, basically, from what I can recall. Um, but yeah, it's just absolutely batshit insane. It, something that reminds me of like some of the beyond. Do you remember Liquid Television? I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like an MTV thing from years ago. But yeah, something yeah. like mm-hmm. you know, off that and yeah it's just off its head but it, it's hilarious and I, I really did like the animation style of it as well yeah it's really well animated really yeah, the, yeah. The, the you, art, you, the art you could definitely see it on adult swim or something like that you know they, absolutely they, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's completely what up is, that alley 
What this situation needs is more bees. Bees. <laughs> Crazy thing. Awesome. Okay. And uh, Rich, what is your number three? My number three is Victoria. That was a good shot. Yes. Was that a shot in Brazil? Am I uh, thinking the right one? Yeah, quite quite possibly. I didn't get a chance to. I, I rewatched mm. most of these, but I didn't get a chance to rewatch that one. So I'm, I'm not 100% up on the details. I just remember mm. it was really impressive. Uh, it's more of a proof of concept sort of setup, uh, and it touches on the themes that we've seen before, which is like you know, child gets kidnapped or grown mm. up to be an assassin, all that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a directed by one Bofill as a, a vehicle, yeah. I think, for his daughter Shina, who's a stunt woman. Yeah, uh, this is the one where she she ends up at a party. So it's, it's a like pool party, and has to yeah. kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, and so oh, the, yeah, yeah. The stuff. There's all the stuff with the dress and the sort of splitting mm. the side of the dress. To, and um, and then having to yeah, escape and, and everything. Yeah, making an escape really and whole motorcycle sequence. You know, which is mm. which is really. I mean, yeah, it's another film that's got different. Uh, it's a bit. It's similar to Payload. It would go quite well with it. It's a similar kind of you know, m multiple sort of locations, multiple action set pieces within, in, in this case, it's about 20 minutes long. Really good. Um, can't recommend it enough, really. Mm, yeah, totally. Okay, moving on to number two. And again, I've, I've just realised that a lot of mine are from the Ethereum collections uh, that we've covered. <laughs> um, this one is called Narrow. Oh, I love Narrow. Narrow is awesome. Oh, that's a really, really good choice. This one, um, it starts with a woman. She's literally having to walk a straight and narrow path. You know, there's a, it's a line of sand that she has to stay on. If she falls off, then she's damned. And we see what happens to other people who have left the straight and narrow path. Um, and, and there's sort of various people trying to, um, you know, entice her to step off or trying to trick her to step off and things like this. It is just really well done. There's sort of zero exposition as to what's going on. You just have to sort of pick it up and sort of realise what's, what's, what's happening. But it is, it is really, really good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And Steve, you're number two. <clears throat> Um, our number two is Ghostbusters Southside. That was good. Um, again, I just thought it was nice. Mix of characters. Really well shot. Really well done. Uh, the effects were great, I thought. Um, what they did. The only slight disappointing thing was kind of the ending. Mm. Um, but apart from that, I just thought it captured the essence of, of you know, got like the original film really, really well. You sort of keep uh, yelling at them, take our money and just keep going. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and definitely. I think in, in certain respects, I think it, it did things, some things it did better than Ghostbusters Afterlife. I mean, the... I've not I mean, seen I like both yet, so... They, they do, you know, they, they touch on similar things. I mean, they're both kind of set a long time mm. after the original yeah. events of the first film and stuff. So um, there's there's... Touch point, and, but this one is doing something on its own rather than yeah. relying too much on the original. Mm. So I quite like, I, I, I kind of admire that more because it's kind of gone yeah. its own way completely. There's a whole new cast, really interesting. Yeah, diverse it's, it's been franchised, isn't it? I love the idea. That, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so really, really good. And yeah, it's, it is more, it does play ultimately more like a setup for a, a, a TV series or a, series, or, you know, a web yeah. series or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was a bit disappointed by that as well, but everything else is really good. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so, Rich, what is your number two? Uh, so we mentioned it earlier. It's Black Market Brawl. Yep, that was mm -hmm. pretty damn yep. good. Steve, was it was it on your list? Yes, I think yes. it's like number eight. You go I first, think. then. Oh, wow. You go first. Um, I just thought it was one of them action shots that actually had a bit of a story to it as well. It wasn't just, you know, oh, let's kick off in this room and then mm -hmm. we'll do that. Um, I like the fact that they were trying to find it's like an artifact or some, you know, a double crossing and the brothers start getting, fighting with each other and stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah. just thought it was really well done. Really well done. Yeah, it's another one that uses its budget really well. I mean, mm, it's it's yeah. it's entirely shot in indoors in one location, but they've made, whether it's done in post or something, I don't know, but the, the, the way the film looks is great. It's got this sort of a greeny sort of quality to it. Really, really sort of stylish. Um, mm. The costumes and stuff are excellent, yeah. especially the uh, the female character who who looks mm. like a Gina. You know, she's like a Gina Carano type. She's got like a tattoo on her neck and stuff. She looks really intimidating. Um, the it's it's made by uh, David Wayne Smith. It's a South African film. South African, uh, that was it. And yeah. uh, he did mm. Bad Hit last Bad year, hit. brilliant film, which, yeah. which had a similar, very similar look to it. Yeah, and. Uh, very similar sort of mix of the sort of serious theme, serious tone, and adding in some humour really well mm. as well. He also did another yeah. film this year called Oasis, which was completely different, which is oh. also interesting. But um, is that the yeah, sci-fi one? Yeah, that's the one in the desert. Yeah. The oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, and yeah, I just thought was, this was really fun. Adds in sort of a supernatural element, and that is um, there was another in a similar vein. I think it was last year. There was a an X Men fan film about the Gambit character, yeah. which which yeah. which it reminded me of. It had a kind of similar kind of vibe to it. You know, you get mm. this sort of introductory conversation sitting around a table kind of thing, mm. and then it all mm. kicks off, and then there's sort of different, um, say, some of, some supernatural elements and stuff coming. So, yeah, um, very, very slick, very cool. Absolutely. Okay, so here we go, guys. We're on to our number ones. And my number one is Warlike. Ah, Teddy yeah, this this has stuck with me. This one. Um, so this has a a team of special force operatives uh, about to kick off on a mission, and they discover that um, the, the female in their midst is actually a double agent, and she's just suddenly been exposed, and she basically has to get out. Um, it is a very well choreographed and very well shot, um, very dynamic action scene. Um, not just focused in the room as well, or we find out there's a sniper outside, so we cut to the sniper and things like that. Um, it's it's just really, really well done. So, yeah, Steve, Steve, <laughs> Steve, your number one. My number one was 1986. The Batman. Um, the Batman versus the Punisher. The Batman one, yeah. Cool. I really enjoyed it. thought it was great. I know you had um, reservations about the... The guy playing the Joker. the Joker, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be honest, I, everything else I thought was really good. I thought um, Lawrence is it Lawrence Harvey is the Penguin. Mm. I thought it was oh, he's really great. Yeah, he was super. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Mark Griffin is Frank Castle. I thought it was great as well. Um, it was just really well shot, really well produced. Even the the, the costumes were great. 
and like I said, the one thing that really got me is they even had the uh, white go-go boots on the Punisher as well, which you don't see, you know, yeah. apart from in the comics. You've never never seen it in, like, a physical form. Um, but, yeah, I just thought it was cracking. Really fun, really enjoyable, and quite menacing as well in parts. But, yeah, yeah. best thing I've seen, best one I've seen this year. The fact that they had them swearing just added that sort of cockney, yeah, yeah. cockney gangster kind of element to it, you know. You could almost imagine sort of Craig Fairbus turning up or something. But yeah, well, that would, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, <laughs> I think. I mean, I, I, Craig I do, Fairbrass. Yeah. Let's let's imagine That's Craig so Fairbrass as, yeah. as Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Or the Punisher. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Joker, you cunt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um. You know, I, I, I still maintain they, they didn't... I mean, at least, at least they tried to do something a bit different with the Joker's appearance. You know, they didn't try to ape what, what had been done before. It, does, it didn't work for me, but the actual guy acting, if you close your eyes and just listen to him, he, he's almost as good as Mark Hamill. Mm. You know, um, I, I thought he, he really nailed the, the playfulness and the menace at the same time. You know, it, it really came through. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I just want to give an honorary mention at this point to Batman dying is easy, mm-hmm. which I thought was, which I, I also took some issues with the Joker portrayal and, and part of that. But that's got a really, I mean, the first, the first part of that short with Batman beating down on a guy, uh, I think it's the Mad Hatter. That's mm-hmm. a great, that's yeah, a great that's, um, sequence. That's right. mm-hmm. Cool. So, Rich, what is your final film of the shorts? Uh, now, so what I've done is, you might have noticed my list is very action heavy. What I've also done is I've picked films that were released this year. So I've, I just want to give a, a note to what would have, if, if I was including everything we've watched this year, whether mm-hmm. it had come out at the tail end last year or whatever, my number one would have been Cyberpunk 2077 Phoenix program, because I just, I just right. think that's amazing. So that's mm. my honorary mention. But my number one is, uh, it's funny you mentioned Teddy Masson, because Teddy Masson shot this film as well. Uh, he didn't direct it because it was directed by Godfrey Reichwart. It's ah. The Collector. Yes, this is very good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's so vibrant and crazy. Uh, it's, just, mm-hmm. it's 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 humor. It's action. Uh, it's another film that's basically shot in the same as Black Market Brawl. Really, so it's shot in sort of like an abandoned. Warehouse but it's set, kind of, but it's set in the thing. nightclub, isn't it? That one. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's done yeah. up as a nightclub, and it's all to do with the lighting. You know, it's yeah. it's, uh, it's all like red lights and things, and it all kind of kick uh, sort of kick. The concept is this sort of cartoonish uh, deck collector comes along, mm. and he's in this nightclub where this guy is playing like a, a board game thing, and not a board game, but you know, like a, a plastic toy thing where you mm. have to put swords into a pirate mm. or something. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, pop up and he, pirate, and he yeah. starts telling me, oh, you've pop up pirates, that's it. So he keep, he starts talking about the, um, you've never been in a place like this and whatever, you, the music, music's going to start getting to you. And so this guy, he starts having these involuntary dance mm. reactions and his, his physical performance is so good. And then it just sort of suddenly spins into like he's, he's thr- you know, people are being, people are literally being thrown around and you know dodging chairs and all sorts of stuff and then guns come out so there's a lot of uh you know he's shooting people all over the place whatever and then there's like a twist at the end 
it's only about eight minutes long, but boy, it's amazing. It packs a lot in, yeah. Uh, mm. we, we, we've covered a few films by Godfrey Reichardt um, this year, um, and he hardly ever disappoints, basically, does he? I mean, the one, the one he showed at um, Fighting Spirit is probably the one we were le least impressed with, and it was probably his yeah. biggest one. Well, but, I think uh, it lacks it lacked sort of the flair that we normally see. I mean, he, yeah. he, he, he does so many. I mean, they're not all going to be... Mm. amazing but for me this this is just that this good. is next level yeah. uh, and the fact that you I mean you, you when you're watching it you can see the low budget sort of location and everything but they just mm. they just bring so much you know it's so it's oh it's it's mm. i don't know vivacious <laughs> or whatever i don't know what the word is but it's so <laughs> amazing it's colorful and t teddy masson i mean you i mean this and warlike are such different pro projects yeah. warlike's got a very you know muted palette you know, compared to, to this. But boy, I mean, this guy is a great cinematographer. Absolutely. So there you have it, folks. Our top three are Warlike, uh, 1986, and uh, The Collector. Um, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back to look at the worst five films of 2021. Are there any in there that you'd like to see or, you know, whatever? Let Will have a little. Yeah, any, mm. any of those catch your fancy? I mean, I know you've seen a couple of them because you saw the Manor, for example. Yeah, I was actually thinking about the um, that Batman Punisher one. That I'd really quite like to see that because mm. I'm mm. a big fan of both of those, like the comic books and you know some of the adaptations I've seen. Although to be honest, I haven't seen all of the films, but the Punisher there was a Punisher series on TV that was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. but what what is that? Is that a live action Batman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. They, they do a really good job of it. Yeah, yeah. If, if you think like the um, the Ben Affleck sort of, I mean, a guy as, as old and bulky as, as Ben Affleck, basically yeah. play, mm -hmm. playing playing Batman. It, yeah, it does work really well. Who plays Punisher in that? My Mark. Oh, what's it called? Hang on. The English guy. Griffin? Yes, I think. Yeah, Mark Griffin. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out because, like, yeah. you know, um, yeah, no, that. To be honest with you, that was like a really good. That was a good section. But you saw it was really weird. It, there was only, I think, there was literally two films out of all the ones you mentioned that I'd actually been on the reviews for. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't I'm really not seeing, mm -hmm. you know, quite a lot of the movies. Like, I think because. Always end up not having the time in cherry picking, or Michael say, "Right, we'll focus on this one and we'll do this one." Yeah. Or you know, I'll, I'll literally out the list that we get. I'll sort of get to watch one or two, and so I, I know I've watched more than just sort of three films, but I must have watched ones that have been you guys have universally <laughs> loathed. So. Yeah. Like, no, I think yeah, it's not that at all. I mean, there's yeah. there have been so many really good films yeah. this year. We had to be, you know, it, it was really hard actually whittling it down because mm. you know such a. So I mean, a lot of the a lot of the shorts that we pick are curated as you know films that we're fond, or at least I am, mm. you know, because yeah. I'm usually the one who sort of pick, cherry picks them and stuff. Is they yeah. they usually have a really high standard anyway, rather than being like yeah. screeners or something. It, it, it's not like yeah. PR companies sending us them to, to review. You know, this is stuff that we've actively or which is actively mm. sought sort out because you know uh, um, there's there's a good handful of. Uh, filmmakers now that that you know we know the names of and we, we know you know by their reputation as it were um so when they do a new new film it's like great 
you know, let's let's, let's yeah. check that out because because they put out some of these guys put out so many. Like mm. this this French guy um, Godfrey Reichart, you know, he, he can do about sort of five or six of these in a year. Jeez. Yeah, and to be yeah. honest, he did he put one out recently that I didn't really like very much. It just wasn't. <laughs> what, it, it it was more of a. He's losing it. More of a, no, no, I think it's <laughs> it's just. He, you know, it's different. He's in a Yeah, and uh, it was just like the comedy just wasn't really working for me in that particular instance. Whereas what I like is, you know, the style. Oh, is that the, the um, Buglins one? No, no, that's Mass Brothers. But yes, oh. that's another good example of a oh, film yeah. that I wasn't yeah. as fond yeah. of. But the yeah. uh, no, it was called like um, Karate Nuts or or something like that. All but right. um, it's, it's very sort of um, I don't know, very French, I suppose. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> the um, but yeah, so you, if. And also, if if we do come across something that is by someone I know of, or, or or we get a screener and I watch it, and and I just don't think it's very good, I kind of avoid recommending that we talk about it on the show because sure. we we're not here. You know, we want to build up. We don't want to knock down. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Especially with the shorts, we want to promote them rather than anything else. Yeah. Which is kind of why we're only doing a top five for the worst films as well. You know, uh, there are some films <laughs> which are <laughs> people off. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back so this section we're going to be looking at our worst five uh films from the year uh bearing in mind how many films we looked at this year rich 166 166 films uh we're just keeping it to five each um for this round because we don't want to you know we don't want to sort of be a downer on anyone. We don't want to be seen as too snarky. We want to promote the DTV um, sort of genre, as it were, rather than sort of put it down. So, but but these ones are the ones which have stuck in our head, and and we cannot ignore anymore. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to um, yes, we're going to talk about these. And this time, uh, Steve's going to uh, kick us off with his number five. Uh, okay, number five is pretty recent one. It is. Blonde purple. Punt. <laughs> okay. Um, Rich. Uh, my number five is Yeti. Punt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, this is good. Um, yeah. Okay, so my number five, and I'm pretty sure that you've got this, it's a film called Union Bound. No, I'm so, not so, so this is a film set during the American Civil War. Um, it is very low budget. It's basically about two soldiers who get captured uh, by the South, taken to a prison. Now, this this prison is basically um, a piece of rope. It's, 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 it's like a rope barrier um, enclosure where they keep the prisoners, and they somehow somehow ingenious in, ingeniously um, manage to escape. From this this rope barrier, um, and it is one of the slowest films I've ever come across. There's a, there's a six section in the film. It's like a montage, but it's not really a montage because it, it's more or less in real time, where they're fishing or attempting to fish, and you're just, it, it's it's like a YouTube self help video of, of how to fish. Mm. They just stop the film and just watch these two. Um, and the, the weird thing is is it's apparently based on a true story. It, it's based on somebody's memoirs. And, you know, this, this, this captain um, had written, 
you know, about his escape and the fact that he escaped with another prisoner. But he never named the other prisoner. <laughs> it's like he couldn't be asked to ask this guy's name. They're on the run together across country, you know, getting into these fisticuffs and stuff. And he never bothered to actually capture the guy's name and put it on paper. You know, that's how much that's how much he thought of him, basically. Um, I, I, you know, I, I take umbrage at a lot of these so-called westerns and, and films set in this sort of period because they they look like um, you know the, these sort of reenactment society get-togethers, basically shot on video. Um, they, they just don't have the scope and epic feel that a western should. So, yeah, that is my number five. So, Steve, what is your number four? I'm expecting a very big punt on this one. It is Apex Predator. Punt. <laughs> <laughs> and, Rich, what is your number four? My number four is The Ninth Passenger. Mm, is this the one on the boat? This is the one on the boat. This, yeah, I, I, this, this is a weird one. Um, why don't you explain it, uh, Rich? Uh, so a bunch of kids are going on a party, but you know, like on a on a yacht to mess about, and there's a guy on there trying to uh, play by Jesse Metcalf, who's um, it's like an in industrial espionage. That's right. Yeah, or something. He's an industrial he's get, spy. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to get some information or something, and uh, yeah, it's it just. It kind of meanders a bit. I mean, it's all so, sort of character building stuff for quite a long time and not very interesting characters. And then mm -hmm. very kind of unlikable gets to a, characters. Yeah. yeah. And it gets to kind of a monster bit towards the end. And uh, it just doesn't really flow. And it's only like 76 minutes long, including mm. credits. But yeah, it just didn't really, just didn't really work. I mean, apparently it's based on a book called yeah. Swim Rat Swim. From the sixties, I think it was, and was it? long, long out of print. From oh. what I can gather, yeah. And uh, directed by Corey Large, who's uh, also an actor. Uh, funnily enough, I was watching him in, in a film earlier, and he's um, well, actor and producer of a lot of these uh, Bruce Willis movies uh, that we're seeing at the moment. So, um, uh, like, um, like he was in Cosmic Sin and Anti Life with. Um, with Willis, uh, mm. and, he's, and, and as well as being a producer, and he was also a producer of Apex, which we'll talk about in a little while. But yeah, I thought so. So that's probably the fact that he's the director of it is probably the most interesting novelty thing about it. I guess so there's not really there's not really much else to no to say about it. Yeah, is it, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the list of, of films that he's done. I mean, he he's like listed on pretty much all of. <laughs> All of Bruce Willis's movies in like the last, the last several years. years. So yeah. uh, so that's quite. Um, but what yeah, does he, uh, what does he know? What does he, yeah, what does he know? What does he hold on Bruce? So <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> okay. Um, so my number four is The Last Exorcist. Now I don't think I saw this one. Right? No, you didn't. Me, 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 and Steve, you did. me and Steve caught this one. Um, yeah. This this has a cameo by um, Danny Trejo in it, if I remember rightly. This one starts off with a very strange video conference in the Vatican, when a guy comes in wearing a wearing a sort of monk's robe and, and a bomb vest, and, and blows up the Vatican, um, yeah. which, which triggers this woman 
into having a sort of possession style sort of fit. Um, it's a very strange film. It um, was shy. I'll be honest, it was. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if if we had if we were doing ten, it'd definitely be there. <laughs> you know, for me, but. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was just. So the the, the people who made this also also made um, the Coven. Yeah, I believe, oh, about, the, the one, one we set, watched a while back. Yeah, the one the one set on a college yeah. campus. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Which which is is you know that's a better film. You know that's that's um, a bit better made, uh, a bit more coherent stories, good, good editing in that one. Um, unfortunately, no, this this one's all over the place. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was dreadful. It really was. Indeed. So, um, Steve, your number three. My number three is what Rich brought up earlier, Yeti. <laughs> it was horribly acted, horribly shot, horribly edited, horrible story. I don't think there was really anything redeeming about it. It was... It was it was awful. It was absolutely terrible. Well, I like I like the fact that there was a you know a man in a costume, a man in a suit, uh, and there was some you know practical vi- uh, you know effects for the mm. kills and stuff. I quite like that about it. But yeah, there was a lot. It, they didn't have. I mean, the the budget was clearly <laughs> restricted. Like ten p. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's the one that starts out with sort of like this wide sort of stock shot. Of, of the location that it's supposed to be in and then it basically becomes you know just uh it's you know a very sort of different looking location yeah and um, yeah. the you know no wide expanses of snow for example it's just all set sort of set in mm. the woods and you know, they and go out it, and they look at something on the ground but they they don't show they don't it, just show like what it is. yes yeah stuff it's a bit weird and yeah now, it's just what, a little what's bit um was Sherilyn fenn in this one no 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 there's, there's another no, film called Man Eater. There were no big name actors in. No, well. there's, a, there's a film called Man Eater which she was in, which is which is oh, actually okay. a lot better. Um, this actually had a decent premise, in that you know the te- this team of researchers turn up to find out what had happened to the previous set of researchers at this outpost, um, mm. which could have. Isn't that been... what happened in the thing? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But you know, and they they could have developed something there, but they don't. They sort, you know, they, they there's no suspense, there's no sort of mystery given to you, as you know, no clues or anything like that to sort of build your interest. It's just mm. like no, there's there's a yeti it kills people, and they're supposed apparently they're supposed to be in the Himalayas. Which right, I, yeah. just don't, I don't did get not get that. At and all. they're looking for it. Well, that's Ca- what it says Canada, in the I, Canada at best. Yeah, yeah. And it says but, yeah. they're looking for, and I remember now they were looking for like this red plant. A plant. That's right. Cure yeah, cancer. Cure cancer. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, Rich. What is your number three? three? So my number three is a, a film that's already been mentioned. It's Apex Predator. Yep. With our old friend Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. It is also my number three. So carry on. Oh no, please, uh, Mike. Mike, you go ahead. Where Where do you start? You know, literally, where, where 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 do you start with this film? This is, excuse me. <laughs> oh this excuse me, give me a minute. <clears throat> you know, this is um, 
Bruce Willis doing his Steven Seagal impression um, in a case of, instead of like, um, how can the same shit happen to the same guy twice? This is a case of how little shit can I get away with actually doing um, mm. and, and still get a paycheck? You know, it is ridiculous. This is supposed to be a version of, you know, the most dangerous game, you know, hard target, that sort of thing. Um, surviving the game, which was just a classic. But instead, you know, instead of being hunted or showing any sort of sense of urgency, we get Bruce Willis taking a stroll around what looks like probably his own backyard, uh, having, a, having a cigar, while the soundtrack turns to this sort of like fairground circus, like, you know, kind of music, as if by that point, the director and the, and the composer just looked at each other and go, just do what the fuck you want, you know, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's shots, of, you know, he, he doesn't film anything with any other actor, he, he, he's, which is a classic Seagal move as well, you know. Um, and it's, it's just terrible. The body doubles are sort of very obvious. Um, yeah, because you don't see, you don't even see the the, no. the head. It's like yeah. cut off at the shoulders, you know. And that one scene that I picked up on where he's, you know, he's firing, firing at someone. Yeah. Uh, with a... Um, and he's in daytime and the other blocks in the nighttime. Mm. You know, it, it, <laughs> it was yeah. shockingly bad. It's, it's so, so you know, they literally just stealing people's money at this point. The thing yeah. about what makes this worse than some of the other Willis movies, which I am catching up on, funnily enough, mm. I watched Cosmic Sin today, which is from the same director as this one. Mm. And, uh, and funnily enough, was um, uh, the writer or co-writer, I should, because the director of this co-wrote it. But the writer was uh, Corey Large, who who did who did the Ninth Passenger, which we were just talking about. But mm. the um, yeah, the thing about this one is, in those other movies, somebody else is the lead, and Willis is kind of the window dressing, uh, kind of mm. you know they sort of shoehorn him in, or you know he's playing a supporting character basically. In this one, he's supposed to be the lead. He is the hero yeah he is the, the he is mm. the good guy or the sort of good guy and you know the, the main protagonist but they, we don't spend any t really any time with him he's not really you know proactive or doing mm. it's or he's not even like you say he's not being chased really he's just kind right. of sitting down no. in, in the woods which is again becoming it's, a bit of a train it's Seal team, whatever. It's not, it's not, it was a sniper special ops. Oh man, yeah. oh, mm. nothing gets worse. That is, that is, nothing gets worse than that. I don't think. Mm. But the, you know, I think Willis has come a long way down. But mm. I think he's still got a fair way to go before he reaches uh, the the sort of the depths of the the Steven Seagal filmography. God. But Neil McDonough gets top billing here, which makes you yeah. think kind kind of like he's going to be the main character or whatever. But mm. no, he's like the lead antagonist. So he, it's a very Kelsey strange setup. They, they could have swapped him out for Kelsey mm. Grammer. Yeah, and the that's... visual effects and stuff are not good. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed—it's one of these films that's got no money, but it's trying to be set in the future. But then they just shoot yeah. it in the woods mm. and and put a couple of strip lights in the ground and say that's like a portal to another world, or you know, well, portal to yeah. travel through um, space or whatever to get to different locations really and, easily. Well, <clears throat> not only that, you've also got the bit where he's 
supposed to getting off his tits on berries or mushrooms yeah. or whatever. And it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything with it. Yeah. So, so Will, there's this scene where he's walking through the woods, picking berries off trees and, and eating them. And he's got a whole palm full of these things. He's just like knocking them back. And this hologram turns up and goes, oh, I wouldn't be doing that if I were you, Mr. Willis. Those are packed full of hallucinogens. You're going to be on a real wacky trip in a minute. And then oh, nothing, wow. nothing happens. Nothing happens at all. It's as if Bruce Willis just said, went, no, we're not doing that. No. <laughs> we just need that. And they do this thing at the beginning, which I don't mm-hmm. know if it was misdirection and I just sort of missed the point of it or something, mm-hmm. but they're doing like this character build up of him. Of like, mm-hmm. oh, he's, such, he's like the baddest guy in the world or whatever. He hasn't spoken to anyone in like six years. And they immediately cut to a scene where he's quite happy to have a conversation. Yeah. So it's, so it's, yeah. Like, it's like, what? I don't know if that was intentional mm. or whether that's yeah. just bad writing or what. I don't know. It just didn't work. So it's, it's, it's one, it's one little, one thing it gets kind of right. And I'm surprised nobody's done this before is that they do the whole, how, how, just how badass is this guy uh, scene, which is, you know, brilliant sort of uh, action movie trope. And they start listing all these uh, sort of not exactly achievements, these these things that happen, his injuries and that sort of thing. Mm. And, and basically, they're just listing everything that happened to John McClane in, in all the <laughs> no. diehard, in all the Die Hard movies. You know, as if alluding, yes, this guy is basically John McClane. You know, but um, <laughs> I, I thought that bit was not bad. But you guys were talking about this this film, I know, and and it was like, does he have any kind of pivotal role at all in the movie, or does he just walk on and? He just walks he around walks, the woods. Well, he walks he's around. supposed to be the main character, but he's they, supposed to be hunted not, by these. these to be, yeah, but there's no the momentum. Hunters. There's no momentum. Yeah. There's no chasing. They don't actually yeah. chase him. When, when he do come across them, he basically just he, he kind of tricks them in, into arguing with themselves, so so they end up killing yeah. each other, sort of thing. And that's that's basically all he does. You know, he, he, they're such shitty characters that they end up killing each other, and he just sort of like, whoop, you know, my job done here, kind of thing. <laughs> Do you it think is. this is like one of those uh, Bowfinger films and Bruce Willis didn't actually know he was in? <laughs> well, we, we, <laughs> so, so, so we, somebody mentioned this you know, um, on, on Twitter. It's like, you know, that'll be the next step, you know, because um, everyone sort of looks at this thinking, yeah, they, they shot this on one of his properties probably, <laughs> you know. It'll be yeah. like that Richard Harrison guy Yeah, get edited into like... <laughs> it'll it, it be, it be like Bowfinger. It'll be like, you know, next time they're just going to follow him around. You know. <laughs> Just, just put, just put um, a spy cam on, on on the front of his car, you know, and just film him driving, and then sort of make it look like he's in a car chase or something like that. I reckon, just, I reckon they could probably yeah. get it. Yeah, with, with the same sort of, with the same sort of urgency of him sort of dropping his kids off to school or something. We'll, we'll try and make it into a, into a like really exciting car chase, and keep cutting back to him just going. Doop, 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 doop. Mm. Yeah, no, it's 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 um, shocking. What he thinks he can get away with, and he has again. Anyway, so that was all of our number three. So moving on to Steve's number two. Uh, my number two is Brighton. Oh yeah, <laughs> I see. I dodged a bullet with this one. You, do- you dodged a bullet. Yeah, you dodged we, a we, massive we, fucking bullet. We, we were having a shit week that week, weren't we, Steve? Yeah, <laughs> it was awful. But... Yeah. Um, it's uh, the thing is, I really like Larry Lamb and I love um, Leslie Sharp. Mm. I think they're great actors. In this, 
every single character is just an absolute cunt. And <laughs> racist kind of that. And and homophobic. Yeah, racist, cunt. racist, homophobic, <laughs> sexist, just fucking vile people, to be fair. <laughs> and yeah. there's no redeeming features for any of them. And they're just sat in a deck chair acting mm-hmm. like swats and oh it was just fucking so, vile and yeah. so so, and so, for, so for context yeah. this is this is a based on a this is a play by Stephen Burkov and yeah. it's about these two couples who met during the 60s down in Brighton hooked up mm-hmm. got married you know live in London whatever and then in, the, in their sort of twilight years have decided to come back down to Brighton where, where they first met you know for, for this sort of weekend um and they basically sit in deck chairs just moaning about everything but but yeah. not, you know it's, it's almost like waiting for godot but um but not interesting in any way whatsoever yeah um, it, it sort of elements just... of elements of gay rights sort of come into it and things like that but yeah no i did not get any of that no. i'm not surprised steve it's in your list yeah <laughs> I'd, I'd put it out of my memory so yeah Thanks for reminding me that exists. <laughs> uh, Rich, what is your number two? My number two is the wonderful final voyage. <laughs> yes. So, so the one so, where nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mentioned before about Union Bound, which was. Um, you know, I said this sequence where they're trying to fish and it just goes on forever. The first 30 minutes of this film, it's it's like one of these amateur mechanics trying to tell you how to do an MOT on your own foot on, on your own car. And it is these two German um, convicts who find a spaceship in the desert and, and spend forever sort of like fixing it in real time. Basically, to make to make oh, it space. Yeah, I remember this one. <laughs> yeah, do you remember it was dubbed? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, didn't, <laughs> didn't didn't make it funny or anything. <laughs> unfortunately, no, no, it was, it was it was that sort of typical sort of like um, German meticulousness of like, well, if you're going to show a spaceship, you've got to show how they get it. You know, how do they get it sort of space worthy? And you know, how how do they sort of. Uh, fill all, all the gaps, make it airtight and things like this. It's like literally showing you in real time how, how they, you know, replace all the circuit boards and things like this. It's ridiculous. There's this one bit where they go and they find this like cube kind of spaceship thing, if I recall mm. correctly, which is and really striking. Drift, and they just and, drift and past it. And they go it. past it, yes. Like it doesn't yeah. actually, you think, oh, this is the turning point. It, this this is no, where it's, it's going to happen. Oh, 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 it's gone. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> no, nothing's going to happen anymore. That was, this is this was a, a, a real sci-fi slog, this one. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Um, background to Steve for your number two. No, no, it's me. Sorry. Not, yeah. It's mine. It's my number two. And we're back with Bruce Willis with Out of Death. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. So so Out of Death, Apex Predator, kind of interchangeable in, in positions as far as I'm concerned. Well, he sits around in the woods in both of them. And he says he does sit mm-hmm. around in the woods. He wears the same outfit, he wears the same sort of um windcheater. You know, jacket. Um, he's not. Uh, he's not going on about his slippers in this one, though. No, that's not. He's not worried about his slippers. This one has Jamie King, who sees a corrupt cop kill another corrupt cop, 
I'm like, no, corrupt cop killing her drug dealer. Um, and that's to sort of leg it up this mountain or something around the corner while other corrupt cops come to try and hunt her down. And Bruce Willis is a retired cop who's staying with his daughter um, and sort of basically stumbles into this and then stumbles back and out. Then stumbles <laughs> and then stumbles in and out. <laughs> it's like, you know, he stumbles into her and he goes, he basically goes, oh, I'm going to go back to my house because that's where I've left my gun and just leaves her to sort of fend for herself <laughs> for a good chunk of the film. Instead of sort of bringing her with him, that would, you know, maybe that would make more sense. But uh, yeah, well, it's, a, it's well, another tedious one. What we were saying about off off air, we were talking about um, a trauma sensor, mm. and that was another sort of one where he, he ends up with a you know, there's a female, a, you know, strong female lead, and he kind of comes in and he's talking to her or whatever, and then he buggers off. And he did the same in that. He kind of looks yeah. after her for a bit, and then he goes, well, you know, I, and he has another because in this one he has like this little heart to heart moment with like some mm. of his worst acting where he's saying, oh you know stuff's gone in in my life or whatever and stuff. and it's just really not convincing at all and he kind of did the same thing in trauma center and in that one he goes well i'm just one of those guys who's not the not the kind of guy who sticks around and then, and then i was like that's you describing yeah. your, your, your approach to acting yeah. or whatever yeah it's mm. like he literally disappears and leaves the to it after that and he does Jesus. the same thing in this one <laughs> absolutely crazy guy um yeah so and it uh, looks like it's shot in someone's back backyard. Again, the yeah, this is again very nice. similar to Apex in, in, in the foliage and things like that. Uh, could very much very well easily be somewhere that he owns or knows knows a guy or something. But yeah. Anyway, um on to number ones. So Steve, what is your worst film of 2021? Battlefield 2025. <laughs> The one where the battle only actually starts right in the last minute of the film. Yes. Literally, yeah. Yeah. Awful script, awful acting, awful shot. Oh, Mm. it was absolute diet. I mean, I've seen adverts that have been scarier and more well-produced than this. (laughs) It was absolutely terrible. I just, I don't, yeah, it just doesn't, makes no sense that you know Battlefield twenty twenty five. Like you say, there's one alien wandering around just killing everyone until the last twenty seconds when a shitload of ships turn up. And he, uh, he, he does. It does look like one of the, one of the um, creatures from the first series of Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Scooby Doo is probably better actually. It's yeah. like some out of um, Doctor Who when it first started. It's that mm. bad. Um, it was just terrible, and I, to be honest, I kind of hated you making me watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's one of these ones where it's like, oh, there's different groups of people, and they somehow intersect on the same day. How how is it that these people sort of end up in the same situation on the same day, just as an alien invasion is kind of happening? Um, I remember not minding this, if I recall correctly. It was just like I didn't mind the characters and stuff. I thought, I thought it was quite. This, you know. can, can I ask? Mm-hmm. Were you on glue? <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's there's another <laughs> film which was kind of similar to this, but better produced, and that was Attack of the Unknown. Um, 
Yeah, that was that, the Richard Greco one. Richard Greco yeah. one. That that yeah. was a couple of steps above this. Um, yeah, it, it, I actually like the the um, some of the acting, some of the plotting, and that one I thought worked quite well. Uh, but, but this one, yeah, there was there's nothing there, nothing, nothing to no. recommend it really at all. No. There you go. So, Rich, your worst film of 2021. So this is kind of a coincidence, really. I hadn't really thought about this until now, but my my number two was a really dull German sci-fi film. Mm. And mm. my number one is a really dull German sci-fi film, uh, except this one had no dialogue, uh, yeah, yeah. at least not much dialogue. Its uh, also, original title was A Living Dog, uh, but it was released here as A New World Order. Yeah. And it's rubbish, in my um... view. <laughs> Remind me of this one. Uh, oh, so this yeah, no, no, couple. yeah, I, I know. Yes. Two um, people with, in with the world. Trying to destroy Giant the robots, radi radiant mast at the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He writes his, writes his name down on a bit of paper. Yes, it's, it's trying to be a quiet place, um, except without any mm. rules or anything. It's, it's um, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I kind of didn't mind this one as much as yeah, you guys. I know, I know, I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, I was just... It, I just found it incredibly pretentious, tedious, really. Just, just, <laughs> yeah. just not, I was just waiting for something to happen. Now, I'm not saying they're completely without merit. It's a bit like with mm. um, with uh, Final Voyage, you know, that bit with the cube, you know, mm -hmm. striking imagery and whatever. This one had a really couple of really nice moments. Uh, there was one bit of like dramatic tension and, mm. and stuff that, that worked quite well. Yeah, but the giant overall, yeah. um, you know, I, I, it's, you know, an hour and a half gone. Basically, you know, I could, yeah. I'd much rather if if this was a short film, you know, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. I think they could have covered all the same yeah. bases. I think mm -hmm. it would have worked okay, but stretched out just it's just too much. Okay, my number one is the same as Steve's number five. It is Blonde Purple. <laughs> Steve, you can kick this off. Yeah, um, pretentious. Boring, nothing happening. Wanna be Tarantino. Let's shove some racism in it at the end, just for the sake of it. Yeah, nah, it was just terrible. Really it's... was. I know. <laughs> it really well, for, for me, there was a lot I didn't like, but there was a, there was quite a bit, you know, in some some scenes that I thought were really really. Um, decent and very stylish and stuff. So it wasn't you know, enough. Wasn't... It wasn't enough. No. It's not enough for me to recommend it. No. But no, it's, I mean, it's certainly. But they, I mean, yes, I, I agree that there are one or two glimmers in here, um, a couple of scenes of dialogue, but all of it as a whole, it was, you know, this guy's tongue was so far up Tarantino's ass. Yeah. Um, it, you know, even down to the diner, you know, oh, yeah, a lot of the film yeah. is set in a diner and mm. all these different groups of people just happen to be passing through the same place at the same time, it, it, you know, on the same day and these, these coincidences sort of building. Oh, wow, isn't that cool? No, it really isn't. you got a, you got a cowboy hat wearing black dude who listens to country music, uh, dri driving a Cadillac. Um, <laughs> it suddenly segues to this cockney gangster Towards the end of the mm. film, so so it could explain where where a gun came from for no apparent reason. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But at that point, yeah. you're just like, what the 
fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, um, it starts in media res, which, which we all know, I love. You know, well, so, if so, you remember, it's it's it turns out not to be in media. That's right. No, you're absolutely right. Mm. It, it starts making us think it's in media res because it starts at the end of the bank robbery where the guys sort of hold up in the bank. The cops are outside. The negotiator's on the phone being sarcastic, uh, and he's he's holding a hostage. And I'm I'm sort of dreading the moment where it's going to go three days earlier, you know, and then sort of we have to pick up back to them. But it doesn't. That is the actual present day. We do get flashbacks later on. But you know, it does stick to its guns. A lot of flashbacks. Mm. It's but, a combination. It's it's riffing on uh, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Mm. You know, it's yeah, just, it's just exactly recycling elements of that. Which, yeah, I mean, I, I, I it, it's surprised. I mean, this film's got a reasonable budget. I mean, it looks some of the scenes look really good. Some of them look really cheap, but others look really good. So they've got a decent budget, and yet it's just recycling this stuff that is already so well known. Mm. That it's mm-hmm. uh, that it's uh, that it's, it's, That's the thing. it's it, disappointing it like from it, that respect. Really, it yeah. feels like a student film. You know, yeah. that's, that's what it felt like to me. It's like some some scriptwriters, you know, first attempt at uh, producing a script. Um, you know, th- things to do in Denver when you're dead, um, killing Zoe. You know, mm, all, yeah. all of those sort of things. You know, that, that came in the wake of. Um, um, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, uh, and and that's what this feels like. You know, it, it tries to throw in a bit of Black Lives Matter, but you know, um, it it just does not work at mm. all. You know, it interestingly, just... it's not a debut feature. It's like the th- mm. I think it's the third feature directed by the mm. uh, the writer director um, Marcus. Marcus Fleming's. Fleming's. Done, he did a mm. did a film called Palindrome, which I think is on like Plex or something. Yeah, I've come across it. And then there's another one called Six Rounds. Neither big film. This is probably the the film that has mm. the better shot of sort of a high profile because it's got a it's got a sexy poster and stuff, sort of get mm. quite eye catching colors and stuff in it. But and I think the, that's, the title's that's, impenetrable. Yeah. So mm. I, th- I, I think that's part of it as well. I think that's why it's ended up as my worst film because it mm. should it should be better. You know, there, there's certain films yeah. which, which don't have the budget. Um, there's loads of films which we have covered. You know, things like, things like The Ghost of Bawley Rectory, which has zero budget, really, you know, and, and is sort of clutching at straws with its cast, but st- stands head and shoulders above this um, because it, it, it tries its hardest to deliver something. This, and, I, and again, you know, I alluded when we, when we reviewed this, is, is it because we're old and we've just seen so, so much? That we can instantly go, yeah, that's that's Pulp Fiction that he's doing. That's, that's Reservoir Dogs, you know. Must um, a bit of Guy Ritchie thrown in there yeah, as well. A bit, a bit of Guy mm. Ritchie, but like I said at the time, you know, Tarantino, he he developed his style based upon, uh, you know, the greats of the past. He was standing on the shoulders of giants when he did his films. You know, the fact that his, um, you know, his, his production company is called A Band Apart, which is which is a new wave French film. Um, you know, says a lot about who he is. Uh, but this, you know, and, and other um, films that we've seen, like Habit, where you just get the feeling yeah. that they, they can't see the wood for the trees. You know, yeah. it's like, yes, that's the guy we want to be like, but without doing the groundwork to sort of develop a, a style of their own. But there you go. So, so that is our worst film. 
of this so, year. So what are the three worst films in our view, Mike? Three worst films, well, two worst films are Blonde Purple and um, what was yours? Battlefield. Battlefield. 2025. <laughs> 25, yeah, and what's yours, Rich? A New World Order. New World Order, yeah. So so that is our bottom three. So we're going to take a break, and then we're going to sort of cheer ourselves up with looking at the best of 2021. And we're back again. This time we're looking at the, our favourite films of the year. Uh, this is our top 10. And this time it's going to be Rich kicking us off with your number 10. Oh, now, see, this list was really hard. So <laughs> there, there, we've had some really good films mm -hmm. uh, this year. So all, uh, almost arbitrarily, because uh, there's so many different films I could have put at number 10, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for Lapsis. Because I, oh, I was really okay. quite struck by that. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was one of the stranger films we've had this year, that's for sure. Yeah, it's kind of this sort of working class sort of sci-fi thing, really. Not not like, mm. not in a sort of a Brazil kind of way, but, you know, set in a future where technology is kind of, you know, moved on and it's all sort of, I don't know, quantum computers and, and things. But mm. there's this guy who's just trying to make a living and... Uh, he kind of gets caught up in this cabling, you know, uh, organizer, you know, uh, company. Mm. They hire people to just a bit like delivery people, basically, at the moment, you know, just hiring anyone and everyone to just move things around. And they have to go and trail cable. Mm. Uh, and then there's these little robots, and they've got to try and avoid um, the robots overtaking them. And they're constantly yeah. being pressured, a bit like drivers, you know, you know, you can't take a break. You've got to, you got to keep on with mm. the deliveries and things like that. So it's kind of, I don't know if it's parables or the right word or anything, but there's something really interesting about it. Well, something I found really interesting about it. I don't think yeah. everyone was as taken with it as me, but it's mm. kind of, it's not arty, but it's not mainstream either. It's kind of somewhere in the middle. It's kind of like a mixed metaphor slash parable kind of thing, isn't it? Because yeah. this element where, you know, he, he's got into this, this profession via the back door. So he's, he's able to sort of, um, step over a lot of the people at the ground level yeah. and, and sort of pick up a lot of perks and stuff, even though he didn't realise that was what was happening at first, you know. Um, but yeah, there, there, were, there were some very interesting elements to it. Um, I, I agree with that. Yeah, so uh, it, was, it was kind of like an in, uh, indie film, I guess you would, mm. you would sort of yeah. class it as. Um, made by, um, I just credit to the director, Noah Hutton. I think it's, I definitely think it's worth, you know, seeking out. Mm, yeah, definitely different. Uh, Steve, what was your number 10? My number 10 was Ripper Untold. Oh, good shout. Uh, oh, Pants. We've oh. got a punt there from uh, Steve. Yeah. Okay, my number 10 is Death Ranch. Ah, oh, no, I didn't see this one. This is a Charlie Creed no, one. one. Yes, yeah, uh, Charlie Steed, yeah. Steed, um, sorry. Steed, yeah. Steed. So, so it, it's very bloodthirsty, um, very, very dark at times. Uh, but brilliantly done. You know, th this is a proper sort of um, exploitation homage about a escaped convict who meets up with his brother and sister who've, um, you know, a distant relative has got an old ranch, an old barn that they can sort of hide out in. Little do they realise that next door, um, the Ku Klux Klan are burning people to the stake, oh my God. basically. Um, 
uh, and they he, one night he you know he discovers this uh, and he goes out and tries to stop them um and obviously you know they come after them it, it does get very brutal very bloody uh, a lot of it is shut during the daytime uh the the clan members you know they don't get any characterization whatsoever they're clan members uh and their white mm. robe their white robes are pretty good for getting covered in the claret you know uh it, it's just brilliant uh, i can't remember the, the name of the actress who plays the sister but she gets some awesome badass lines in, in this film and there, there's a really harrowing bit which um you know in kill bill where you've got buck who likes to fuck Mm-hmm. And, and his tub of Vaseline. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that tub of Vaseline, but in this film, it's, it's, mm. it's, it's bad. And, and the editing for that scene, the, you know, the way it sort of builds up is absolutely superbly done. It will make you squirm. Um, but yeah, Char- Charlie Steeds is a director I heartily recommend. Um, I've watched his um, A Werewolf in England. It's not one we covered, but we do have his uh, Werewolf Castle coming up in the yes, new year. Soon. So um, yeah, so, so yeah, he's, he's one of those directors to keep an eye out for. So Rich, what is your number nine? So I'm, I'm, I'll be very surprised if, if you haven't got this higher up, but for me, it's, it's number nine, it's Repeat. Punt. Punt. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Steve, what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine was Wrath of Man. Um, yeah. Was that another punt? Yes, punt. Okay. <laughs> okay, my number nine, and I know this isn't on either of your lists, is Bigfoot Hunters. Oh, no, I didn't see this one. This was a really good comedy. Um, in, in my eyes, it's it's about a guy who who is like a news reporter for an online news agency, but he keeps getting sent to do these sort of fluff pieces. You know, he's he's, he's sent out to somewhere like Chechnya, uh, only to sort of um, discuss their craft beer culture that yeah. is out there or something. You know, really something stupid. So, um, you know, he gets this thing to go to this. Uh, Bigfoot convention in Arizona of all places um, and he meets up with this Bigfoot hunter guy who claims he's seen Bigfoot and this sort of stuff it's just really well shot, it's just him and this cameraman um, and, and him bitching a lot of the time and this crazy Bigfoot hunter guy uh, and, and it goes to some interesting places, I, I really enjoyed it Yeah it was actually, uh, it was good decent mm-hmm. film actually Okay so moving on to uh, Rich's number seven. Okay, so my number seven is eight. the form. Number eight. Oh, God. Right, let's start oh, that hang again. Hang on. No, hang on. Do not. No. Hang on. Yeah, eight. Yeah, eight. It's eight. It's eight. eight. Oh, sorry. That's because ah. I, I didn't number mine. Yeah. Anyway, let's do it again. Anyway, it's time for Rich's number eight. Which is Ripper Untold. Cool. Uh-huh. Now, Steve, uh, I punted you, so please go ahead. Yeah. Um, it was just one of them that I didn't really expect to like. You know, you kind of think it's been told before, you know, and blah, blah, blah. blah. But I thought it was... But the characters are great. Especially, you know, like the alcoholic uh, doctor. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought what they did was a really good job with obviously a very, very limited budget. I think there's only like three, three locations in the in the whole thing. Yeah. You know, you've got like the autopsy, the police, police yeah. station, mm-hmm. and the brothel. And that's about yeah. it, really. Mm-hmm. And the guy's house. But yeah, it just it just really worked for me. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And it kind of reminded me of the, of the, the Batman one, you know, Gotham by Gaslight. Yes, where, that's right. You know, you kind of suss out who the actual killer is pretty much when they drop the clues, basically. But mm-hmm. it's still still works and was still really enjoyable. I, I, I just thought for what it was and for what it cost and, you know, there's nobody in it who anyone has ever heard of, but I just thought it was really enjoyable and a really decent, decent film. Yep. And, and Rich, you want to add your bit? Yeah. So the, this really surprised me as well. I'm, I'm, I haven't watched one of Steve Lawson's films in a few years. I'm, I'm a bit behind. Yeah. But uh, it, I've always been quite interested in in his films. They're always very low budget, but he, he tries lots of different things, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And now he's gone period, which mm. is very risky with a really low budget. And he's uh, he's kind of, he's kind of settled into doing these, you know, costume costume horror films basically so he started out with bram stoker's van helsing which i've yet to see yeah even um, even though we've uh, got a quote on the video on the dvd cover yeah because <laughs> well we got because they ask you for quotes based on the trailer sometimes yeah, yeah. which i'm not really cool with that i don't really like no. that very much i think that's a bit misleading but the um but van helsing looked quite interesting i'm very keen to see it mm-hmm. um and now he's done this one, and the next one he's got actually it's coming out Jekyll, just yeah. just after Christmas, probably mm. by the time you're listening to this, perhaps mm-hmm. um, is uh, Jekyll and Hyde, and then he's doing another one called The Fourth Musketeer. So he's doing a lot of this sort of period stuff, and I think you know this one I was really taken with. I thought he did a really good job with a limited budget. It stands out. It's different. Yeah. So so much yeah. of the horror that we see, you know, it's not that yeah. uh, you know the lead is like a you know a, a, a gentleman getting on it well actually there's two lead gentlemen mm-hmm. getting on there he is yeah. and um you know the the city the situation the setting you know that it, it's a very well-worn territory but it does something that still feels a bit fresh you know there's sort of a nice you know twist in the tail and stuff i just thought it was a great um a, you know a really good example of low budget genre filmmaking that's you know doing something that we know but giving you something a bit different at the same time. I thought it, yeah, it was really distinctive. Mm-hmm. And I love yeah. the performances. Yeah, good one. Uh, okay, so Steve, what is your number eight? My number eight was Witch Hunt. Punt. Um, okay. Yeah, punt from me as well. Yeah, uh, my number eight is The Stylist. So this is uh, Jill Gervaisian's uh, horribly messed up her name already uh film uh based on her shorts that she did with um Najara Townsend um I, I just thought this was a really clever um sort of um psychological thriller with some horror elements um brilliant performance by Najara Townsend 
in this uh, just really, really worked for me. Really enjoyed that. It's really, cle- it's really clever when you create a monster and then make them sympathetic. Mm. You know, have mm. them doing these terrible, terrible things, but yet you're still you still warm to them. I think, yeah. or, or feel or feel sympathy for them. I think you know, there's something very tragic about her character. The that... yeah, there's two the, the two performances right at the end of the film, the final scene mm. um, with. Jara Townsend's character and the groom and the way he tries to interpret, his eyes are trying to deal with what he's actually seeing and it's you know it's it's like one of those weird pictures where the mouth's upside down and the rest of the face is the right way up Mm -hmm. yeah and and he he, he doesn't quite get it at first and and it, it suddenly dawns on him what he's actually looking at and then the very final scene the final moment of that scene when i think either a door slams or a siren goes off and the jara townsend's character basically comes out of her her cloud you know her sort of idyllic cloud that she's in in her her head and suddenly the enormity of what's happened sort of hits her it's just brilliant yeah absolutely brilliant Okay, so that is my number eight. So moving on to Richard's number seven. So my number seven is a film that the original title was Bumper Cleef. It's released over here as Tailgate. Tailgate, yes. It's a Dutch Dutch horror movie. Uh, Sort of black comedy, really. Mm. uh, You know, a guy tracking down this family, uh, you know, and uh, trying to trying to take them out uh, it's just it's i just i just thought it had a it's let's say it's dutch it's kind of got mm. its own identity it's it's got this um you know dick mask kind of sort of feel to it yeah where where there's um there's an, it, it's quite pedestrian a lot of it but you know there's it's it's sort of the real world sort of yeah it could happen to any of us couldn't it basically is what it boils down to is that you know, this isn't sort of like an old spooky house or, you know, a backwards farm or anything like that. This this is a just sort of typical highway with yeah. a, with a, with a, with a nutter who, yeah. who's taken umbrage the fact where somebody cut him up or whatever it is. But there was a similar film um, mm. called um, Unhinged with Russell Crowe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which yeah. you know touches, which is a very similar theme, but mm. tackles it in a in a completely different way. That goes like full on sort of chase thriller. You know, get the thrills and the and, mm. and this does have fast driving and whatever of people being chased or whatever but it, it, it's a completely different feel and then it uh the the it, it sort of plays out in a very similar fashion to unhinged you know it all sort of ends in a very domestic sort of setting at the end and that but uh there's there's just something so unique and novel about this as a being a dutch production i think that it makes it you know a really novel experience you know watching it mm-hmm. um steve what is your number seven my number seven was Ankle Biters. Oh, cool. Again, oh, also known quite as a recent. Oh, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, quite a recent one, but it was just, you know, it believable. Um, I thought the kids were really good, really, because they weren't creepy kids, if you know what I mean. They were just mm. kind of like innocent and naive and stuff yeah. like that. And um, the main main guy um what was his called lewis no oh i can't remember his called no 
the hockey, the hockey yeah, player. Yeah, the hockey guy, yeah. Yeah, who, who was a thought, really sympathetic character, wasn't he? Really, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, you can't you get the name ankle biters and you kind of get the gist, or you watch a trailer and you think, mm. right, okay. But he's just such a nice guy, he's not doing anything wrong, he's just mm. trying to be a stepdad to him, and you know, mm. they, they catch this video of him and his missus getting a bit kinky and they think that he's, he's trying to hurt the mum. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's like a comedy of errors, but it could be and could happen, you know what I mean? But mm. it was just really, really well done and quite a really decent black comedy, basically. But it's not your laugh out loud comedy type thing. It's just more situational comedy. And I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. One it. Yeah. Really, so- really good. So my number seven, this one we've we've already punted, is Witch Hunt. Yes. So, so Rich, so did you did you punt this one as well, or I did punt it, and actually, it's a bit higher up. Okay, let's move on to uh, Rich's number six. Uh, so this is another uh, foreign language film. It's uh, The Columnist. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one. Which yeah. was from uh, no, Denmark. Den, yeah, I think, um, I think it's Holland, wasn't it? Oh, Holland. Let me have just just a quick check because I don't want to get this wrong. But uh, yeah, no, I thought it was really good. Very stylish. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's it's sort of touching on stuff we've seen before, like Amer- you know, sort of American psychoish kind of stuff, really. But um, it's yeah, from yeah, it's Dutch from the Netherlands. All right, Dutch, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, yeah, so, uh, so the the lead character is a um, uh, like a is she like a blogger or a, a um, sort of newspaper? Uh, sorry, yes, yeah, she's a yeah. she's a columnist on a, yeah. on a mm. newspaper or something, yeah. and, and she she basically gets tar- you know sort of targeted on like social media and stuff, and and she starts to crack uh, and uh, you know become you know sort of. T- start mm. taking people out <laughs> so, like her next door neighbor mm. for example who starts um you know being uh starts trolling her and things like that. i just thought you know it, it does it's something we've seen before but again mm. it's kind of that that dutch take mm. you know seeing that sort of di- slightly different because the dutch are meant to be all sort of laid back and sort of free and easy and all the rest of it aren't they and all of a sudden it's, this mm. hits you it kind of reminded me as well of um the ending of the first um jay and silent bob strikes back where, where, where they they print out every, everyone's address who, who sort of bad mouthed them in the past and just just yeah. goes around beating up all these kids. <laughs> really, really funny. Um, yeah, no, they, they, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I must admit. Uh, it's it's kind of there's. I, I watched the film Karen recently, which is the oh yeah, one yeah based yeah. on Karen's. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very different film to this, mm. but similar in a certain respect of like this, you know. Um, sort of happy, sort of smiling, mm. you know, character who's actually got this sort of evil bubbling under the surface kind of thing. And the, but the thing about this one is, you actually like her character and you kind of agree with her. You sympathise yeah. it to a yeah. certain extent. Agree. Yeah. So it's kind of got a a bit like Serial Mom, really, mm. which I, with Kathleen yeah. Turner from back in the day, which I was a big fan of. I think I, I mentioned that when we reviewed it. Mm. And uh, yeah, just seeing it. And she's got yeah, it's just a. Uh, 
it's well it's definitely worth ch checking out i don't know where it's where it's available or whatever but i know it, mm. it is um you know it's not as easy i mean a lot of the films that we're talking about today you can pretty much find on amazon prime or netflix or yeah. something but the columnist mm. i'm not sure it's I think a bit that, of a, i think that went to shudder look a bit harder yeah i think it went online oh, to shudder okay. maybe yeah yeah it could be okay steve you're number six <laughs> Uh, I'm expecting a punt off at least one of you on this one. Uh, my number six is The Swordsman. Punt. It's <laughs> <laughs> coughing away. Yes, so uh, my number six um, is Witch Hunt. Which hey. one is uh, And, oh, I'm going to have to say punt again because uh, I've got Did it a bit higher up. Let's <laughs> say that again. Okay. Um, so, uh, Rich, what is your number five? My number five is Black Medicine. Oh, yeah. Good one. Which uh, is it's kind of like a set in the sort of black market organs kind of area with this. Uh, mm. uh, she's a surgeon who's kind of, you know, been struck off and, you know, she's making a living help, you know, doing legal operations for the underworld and, and whatnot. Mm. And she... Mm. And she, I think, if I recall correctly, you know, she uh, she gets in, there's a there's a girl, and mm. she starts to help her, but then you know it, it kind of put puts her between a rock and a hard place between her you know because her employers want the girl because they want the organ. Yeah, am I right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. So so it's the matriarch of the um this this crime family has a sick daughter, and, and they yeah, basically paid right. this other girl to um, donate her kidneys. To her, but I don't, I don't think they plan to sort of keep her around afterwards. Yeah. So, so, so she's yeah. in this sort of very ethical um, dilemma of, um, you know, helping the crime family by yeah. basically killing this girl to save another girl's life, or denying them and trying to save the other girl, as it were. Yeah, um, it, it's very mm. interesting. Very, you know, uh, the, um, the the way she sort of kind of solves the situation is is, is very interesting. Yeah, I think, and the funny thing, it's, you know, as you heard, I was sort of struggling to think of what it was about. I mean, a lot of these things with the list, I've, I've only seen mm. them once, but it's the impression that they left on me that I've, that I've sort of based my, my rankings off. I mean, I really remember enjoying this a lot. And, mm. you know, it's mm. definitely a film that I can see myself going back and watching again. I think it was Irish. It is, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Northern Irish film and yeah, it's a it's a thriller, it's really well shot. I mean the the lead performance, she's a very uh uh she doesn't say a lot, does she? She's cause no, she's yeah. she's very no. stoic. Uh, and then it's kind of between her and as you say, this the sort of matriarch. It's a very female led movie. Mm -hmm. You know, most yeah. of the characters are women, mm -hmm. uh, which again is is quite unusual. For this guy and then, and as i was just saying a minute ago with so many of these films that you can find them on am uh, on amazon this is one of them <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. uh steve what was your number five uh my number five was greenland oh yeah jared butler gerard, yeah 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 again kind of came out of nowhere straight you know straight to amazon and whatever but it wasn't your typical you know, Armageddon, it's going to blow up the world. And it's just a lot more thoughtful than that, you know, especially with the um, <clears throat> trying to get the medicine for the kid and, you know, mm. getting slow for the family and getting denied, being on the rockets or whatever. And 
it was just not it's what you expect. It's definitely a cut above. Isn't yeah. It? Mm. yeah, it's, it's not, not Roman really Emmerich. It, yeah. Like you say, it's, it's more than just spectacle. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of heart in there and a lot of family, mm. you know, stuff like that. And very thrilling because there's that whole section where the child gets taken away because they want to use mm-hmm. her to. Um, to get into, you know, like, use a like a yeah, key, yeah. basically mm, to, yeah. to, to get into a place and whatever. That's terrifying stuff. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, my number five is Deliver Us from Evil. So this is the Korean film that we reviewed right at the beginning of the year, uh, in which a Korean gangster has to go and find his um, estranged daughter because uh, um, he's. The, the mother's just recently died and he, he's pissed off a lot of people and basically there's a, there's a hitman sent sent after him called mad dog was it the mad dog or the bitch yeah. no, it, but- it was the butcher wasn't it i think it's called the butcher um and you know the action just escalates and escalates and gets it's almost like spy versus spy with the, these two sort of very skilled sort of action people sort of trying to outdo each other um yeah it's a, it a really solid film. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Rich, you're number four. Well, we've already mentioned it a couple of times, and now you've got your chance to talk about it. It's Witch Hunt. Yay! Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was expecting a typical um, teen horror movie, I guess. You know, I really didn't know what to expect out of this until that very first image that you get on this film. It's one of those films which grabs you right from the start with the very first thing it shows you. And the very first Mm. thing it shows you is this woman tied to a stake while two prison wardens are stood either side of her. Mm. Um, And it's like, what the fuck am I watching? You know, this is a brilliant um, allegory for Trump's America. You know, this is very much of that era. Um, you know, we're only a year away from it already, but uh, and we can sort of kind of look back. But um, in in this world, witchcraft actually exists. So, what does America do? It bans it uh, <laughs> and and oppresses it as much as it possibly can. Um, and and the world building is is impeccable in this everything in this just works really really well the relationships work the world building um you know the 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 mythology surrounding the witchcraft uh, i I just thought it worked really really well and and the scene with the witch finder guy which is very much like um you know the opening scene of inglorious bastards with um christoph waltz Mm -hmm. that sort of thing really really worked for me totally loved it um okay over to you guys um, well, yeah, I mean, like you said, it wasn't anything like I was expecting at all. Um, I was expecting something like The Craft or something like that. Exactly, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it, and it, was, it wasn't. It was a lot more deeper than that. And it wasn't over the top with the witchcraft and, you know, any, any type of gore or anything like that. But there was still some really unsettling scenes, like especially like the... Um, the swimming pool dunking, basically. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. that was like, whoa, shit. That really, you know, got to be that, that scene. And, and like I say, when the witch hunter turns up, he, he has, he, you know, he's 
the evil character, basically. Mm. You know, he's switched over. You know, the witches are they're just trying to live the lives and not do anything dodgy. Um, yeah, I was really, really impressed with this because it was just completely not what I expected and was something different and fresh uh, and just really well done. And mm-hmm. I thought the performances are great as well. Cool. Uh, Rich? Yeah, uh, well, you guys have said it all, really. Um, you know, it's 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 a very clever, subtle allegory. Uh, you know, there's it's it's young adult, but it's not inaccessible for mature audiences. I think you know, any any, mm. it's basically open to anyone to watch it. It's very female focused. You know, in you know, there's it's uh, it's like you say, it's not a film where you know, the witches, you know, it's like the craft or whatever, you know, they're usually at least one of them's trying to do a spell on a boy to fall in love or, or you know, mm. stuff like that. Mm. There's no love interests or anything really in this, as far as I recall. It's all about sisterhood and, you know, the sort of underground railroad kind of, uh, you yeah. know, stuff that's going on. Mm. The So it's more about racism than anything else, I think. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's just it was a really real, real pleasant surprise. Absolutely. If um, you anyone out there has Shudder, um, I do recommend director Ellie Callahan's other film Headcount, uh, which you can find there. That is a really good smart film as well with sort of some really good edit, edited moments. I really, really enjoy that one too. Okay. Um, Steve, Don't confuse me like that. I know. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, I've missed one, but there you go. Um, Steve, what is your number four? Uh, my number four is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, so in fit, so, sorry, so much better to, than the, oh, God's sake. <laughs> I'm catching off Rich now, I think. Um, so much better than the theatrical version that was released. Um, okay, it was a bit long, but I think majority of it worked i don't think there was a a bad plot line in there really you know even i I, even for you know cyborg coming to the fore a lot Mm. made the film a hell of a lot better than you know like i said that the actual cut all the little cheesy shit jokes that josh whedon put in were taken out of there and Obviously, it's that snazzle. You know it's well shot. It's got the budget. It's got everything. Uh, And it's just, all in all, a completely different film that was 10 times better than the original. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I mean, it was a, it's, you know, I I, I really liked it. I mean, I'm not a big fan of some of what Snyder's done or, or even any of the sort of recent DC superhero movies. But, Mm. you know, it was... It's a long, how, how, you know, almost four hours long, but, you know, I was yeah. gripped, you know, pretty much the yeah. whole time. I really wanted to watch it in one go as much as I could. And uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was an event. And I think it was, it was something really exciting that, that, it, that it came out. I think it was on Sky over here, wasn't it? Yeah. HBO in, yeah. in the States. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, worked really well. Um, right, I'm going to record two bits because I've definitely missed out one. So I'm going to just do a number five and then I'll re-edit it later on. So my number four is Silence and Darkness. 
which I think only me and Will uh, reviewed this one. Um, so, so this is about two sisters. One is blind from birth and the other is deaf from birth. And they're now sort of in their late teens. They, they live with their dad in this sort of um, secluded sort of village, you know, on the outskirts of this village and lead a pretty idyllic life um, with, with their dad uh, until we, we learn that the dad's not as perfect as he seems. You know, when he's away from his, his kids, we sort of kind of see what he's really like. And then we sort of get to see a bit more. And, and what we learn is that he's conducting this sort of lifelong inhuman experiment on his own children. Um, and, you know, he, he tries to sort of put on a, a passionless facade you know, that he's, he's doing this with a very sort of emotionally detached eye. But as the film develops, you realise he's actually insanely jealous of their relationship, you know, the, 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 their sort of sibling relationship. And he, he keeps doing things to try and sabotage it in really horrible ways. But the film is brilliant. Um, it, it's shot in very long takes, you know, very little dialogue because uh, you know a lot of the time the girls are communicating with each other using sign language you know sort of just drawing on each other's hands oh, yeah. uh, um, uh, but there's, there's this one particular sequence where uh, the blind girl comes out it, during the night she hears something in the distance in the woods and it kind of sounds like to her um, someone burying a body so, so the next day um, she, you know, her sister tries to help her find out which part of the, the forest um, the sound was coming from. It, it's, and it's just really, really well done. You know, I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, Will, you saw this one. You got anything to add? Yeah, no, that was a standout sequence for me. I'd never seen anything done quite like it on a film. And, you know, that scene like that only really works when they've painstakingly built up sort of how the girls communicate. Mm. Um, and you, you, you can't underestimate the, the sort of the, the, the level of talent and ability that the girls have, you know, in terms of portraying, you know, a character. Yeah. You know, because I'm not sure, I, I, I don't know if they're actually, you know, deaf, deaf and blind um, or, or if they just were able to act it really well. You know, it, it's- Exactly. It's, yeah. that, that was, and that's, that's the point. You've got, you know, a character that can't, that can't vocalize so you know that like her performance had to sort of mm. know, build a build a build a character that you know for most people if you're hearing you, you're not going to you know you you have to sort of like learn her language and her her sort of communication and expression yeah. and then like the, the way they spoke to each other was so kind of mm. kind of un, unique and it and it was just fascinating to watch and like the, you know that that film was the the, the tense times like the the sort of yeah, the, yeah. the scenes of tension were just they were standout they were brilliant it would be near my number one there's, if there's I was to compile a list yeah <laughs> there's to give you an idea of sort of you know the, the, the way the dad is you know he, he, he when he's with them he's sort of totally doting you know sort of giving them sort of advice and he's educating them and this sort of thing um and and the blind girl is um just a big Bob Dylan fan and decides that she and her sister are going to enter this talent contest in, in the village. So she teaches her sister, who's deaf, how to play the guitar, you know, um, yeah. to, to yeah. follow the thing. And they, they do this performance, 
at this thing. And the dad's at the back of the room and just goes, well, that was a bit of shit. <laughs> that was, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was yeah. rather underwhelming, yeah. un- wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it was just, just insanely one of the, jealous brilliant. of what they're doing. Yeah, it's, yeah. but it, it's, you know, he's, he's trying to be like, no, I'm a scientist. I, I'm, you know, taking all these notes and being incredibly detached and dispassionate about what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's, uh, he's a complete bastard. Yeah, he's um, one of the best villains, I think, that we've seen because he was just so... He, it's so hideous, you know, mm. just sit there thinking, how could you possibly do that? Yeah. You know. this, this was available to rent on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure if it still is, but um, if you, yeah, you do can, get a chance can, to check it yeah, out. you can rent it. You can rent it, but it's not yeah. part of... Um, yeah, so it's not, it's not one of the membership bits, but yeah, no. you pick it up. You've made me really want to see it. It sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, mm. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, so, um, Rich, your number three. My number three. Okay, so... I kind of messed up my list a little bit. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> well, so I'm I'm making a call on an action sort of mm-hmm. movie here. So I, ha- I I'm, I'm torn between Paper Tigers and Castle Falls, and I'm going to go for Paper Tigers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which we saw at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival, mm-hmm. and then it got a digital release. It's not on DVD, uh, but you can get it um, digitally. It's just such a great movie. Um, yeah. You know, really has a lot of heart, uh, touches on a lot of martial arts movie conventions and things, but it's more about, it's it's more like a bromance movie mm. about friendship and growing up and, you know, sort of arrested development and, you know, maturity. And, um, but yeah, it's got this kind of action theme to it, you know, it builds mm. up to a climax on, on top of a rooftop. And, and somebody's stuff. killed their master. Yeah, somebody's yeah. killed their master <laughs> and stuff. It, mm. it's, it's touching on that, but it does it in a, it's such a completely yeah. fresh, original mm. uh, yeah, way. I mean, it's 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 like indie martial arts. It, it's, it doesn't it doesn't fit into any particular mm-hmm. box. It's kind of, it's its own thing, and you've got to respect that. It's, uh, it's just, I think it's yep. very accessible for, for mm-hmm. a bit, whether people are into martial arts movies or not. I think I think they'd enjoy that yeah. you know getting to know the characters and the fun and the jokes and and the drama and the you know and the heart that the film has. There's yeah, brilliant interplay between the characters. Like like the guy who um, is like the number one disciple of the the Chinese school, you know, who's American, but but he tries to act Chinese and, and speak Chinese, which is quite yeah, amusing. The Master it, Ken guy. Master Ken, yeah. I thought he, he's that, not Master Ken was... in this, but Master Ken no. in, in his yeah. other project yeah. that he does. But uh, and then you know the appearance of Marshall Club as well. You know the the, the brothers turning up. Yeah, and, they've and, had a great uh, year. They've been all yeah. over the place. That's a, yeah. And this Ron Yuan and his brother Roger yeah, Yuan exactly, yeah. is is uh, are in this. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a great. It's it's a really cool film. Really great cast. I mean, yeah. they didn't have a lot of money to work with, but boy, they really they really made the. Mm. You know they, they made. You know, they made something special here, and mm-hmm. a, a fighting spirit was the perfect place to showcase it. Absolutely, um, Steve, you're number three. Uh, one second, I'll fly out just on my list. <laughs> uh, my number three again, recent one. Um, well, from last week, Achora. Yep, oh, very that good. Was very uh, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, really enjoyed it. Thought it was well, well shot. The scripts was fantastic. The way. Because I was a bit frustrated at first because nothing seemed to be coming together. Mm. You know, it was all these little separate bits, but the way it actually melded it together 
and brought all the characters together and the storylines together. I thought was was really really well done, yeah. really well shot. Um, I'd say my only gripe was some of the effects were a little bit ropey, um, but apart from that, absolutely loved it. Thought yeah. it was absolutely great. Will you saw this one, didn't you? Yeah, um, I mean, we didn't review it that long ago, and you know, I think we we're all pretty much the same mind. I mean, there was mm. it, it was a bit like I know what you mean it was the the, the, the black smoke effects was a bit kind mm. of it's been a bit recently overused and you're just immediately thinking of like, I don't know, Harry Potter and so on and so <laughs> forth, mm. you know, and it's, and it's, it's a bit of a shame, but I think that they, they like either it's part of the mythology of what they were trying to portray or, mm. you know, they, they were struggling for another way to kind of convey that, that thing. And it all linked in with how they did the title sequence as well. That was like a big part of mm. like the whole intro to the film. But it, I mean, you're right. It was a bit, it's a bit like, Considering some of the effects were absolutely brilliant mm. and, and clearly had been done with not a lot of money, but with just a huge amount of effort and work. Yeah. It, yeah. That, you know, but like, yeah, that whole film was awesome. And you're thinking that you'd, you'd go to the cinema really and be, and, and be sort of pretty happy with it. Cause I bet it would, I bet some of that stuff would play out quite well on the big screen, but you certainly wouldn't, you wouldn't need to. It worked on, on the small screen really well because it's just a, a bloody good film, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so my number three is Repeat, which had been punted earlier. Yes. Punts. Even higher up. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Uh, Rich, what is your number two? My number two is the Italian film Into the Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, I knew this would be on your list. Dustin Hoffman. I was just so captivated by it. It was was so intriguing. It's um, adapted, uh, it's uh, directed by the novelist Donato Carisi, uh, based on his own novel. Mm. Um, uh, which I promptly went and read afterwards because th- there's a lot of mysteries and, and you know things to unravel mm-hmm. in in the film and I, I sort of got them from the book a bit but in that in it sort of brought up some other things as well but it was it's it's uh, it's intriguing because it's got Dustin Hoffman past plastered all over the cover mm. and his scenes are all shot in English but then mm. the rest of it is all in Italian <laughs> so it's very strange there's nothing in the book that would suggest anything like that. That's that's purely a choice that they made for the feature for the for the film, mm. uh, and you know the fact they managed to get Dustin Hoffman on board and he doesn't speak Italian, I guess, is is the reason for that. I don't know, but uh, the film, you know, it's a very stylish, great cinematography, really intriguing. It's kind of like a, a bit like a um, like a nineties yeah. thriller, really, more than, you know, like a, a Crimson River Lambs or something, that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Silent yeah. Lambs and different things. There's you know, different layers to it and, you know, a nice little resolution at the end. Well, not resolution, mm. but sort of a suspenseful conclusion. Yeah. Things. So, oh, I, just lo- I loved it so much. Yeah, I must admit, I, I yeah. enjoyed this one as well. Yeah, cool. Okay, um, Steve, your number two? My number two is repeat. Awesome. Yeah, no one had it higher? Cool. No. Okay, off you go, mate. You can, start, you can kick off with this one. Um, again, I just thought it was... Absolutely riveting, really well done. Because uh, it does start off with that seems to be a bit of media res, mm. and then the story kicks in, and you know he's trying to connect to dead people or through his machine that he's working with, but you know his daughter's missing. Uh, 
know, obviously the strains on his relationship with his wife, but he throws himself into his work. And I just thought, I was very surprised because Charlotte Ritchie, I've only seen her really in Taskmaster, but I know she's in Ghosts and mm-hmm. mainly a comedic actress from what I've seen, you know, from what I know of her. And I just thought she was great. I thought the guy playing her husband, he was great as well. And from England. It's, yeah. So and it's just a really well thought out and really well done story. And again, I don't think they had hardly any money to do it, but the way they've done it and how they've done it, I, I just thought it was absolutely absolutely amazing. Really loved it. Yeah, it's it's got a brilliant premise for one thing. And mm. the way it twists that premise later on and, and everything falls into place and you realise the, the horror of the situation that, that he's created um, is just absolutely brilliant. You know, um, you just yeah. let it sink in a little bit that, that what's actually been happening and, and the consequences. Um, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. Absolutely. Yeah, I had it a bit lower on the list, but uh, yeah, I, I was equally impressed by it. It's okay. It's got that. It's got that very distinctive sort of. You know, it's a sci-fi film, but it's also a very domestic sort of mm. low-budget sort of family, mm. but, you know, sort of film. And uh, you know, just uh, it it feels a bit different to what else, everything else that we've seen, especially or sort of in the science fiction genre, even though it's using certain conventions and you know plot twists and whatever that we have seen mm. in other films but it's uh yeah it, it's a it's a it's a really good a good little british movie that really deserves to be you know sought out mm. you know, so any word of mouth that we can do to sort of mm. help that along is is you know a pleasure for us absolutely okay so my number two and i know this isn't on either of your lists for the sake of vicious I knew this was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is one of the most, it is literally one of the most vicious films we've covered. Uh, A woman arrives home from work and discovers two men in her kitchen. One of them's tied to the chair and being beaten up. And the other one is asking her for help, which is a very strange situation. And it just gets even stranger from there uh, when a gang of motorcycle wearing motorcycle helmet wearing gangsters turn up and and lay siege to the house um some of the editing the cinematography um just really really work you know it really manages to build tension when i was watching this i remember having to sort of literally hit pause halfway through go downstairs make a cup of coffee take a deep breath and then come back and finish it because it's it's not for the faint-hearted this one for sure but it is very well done. Okay, here we go. The number one slot for Richard. Okay, uh, so it seems a bit unfair to say this, but my number one is Wrath of Man, uh, the Mm -hmm. Guy Ritchie film Mm -hmm. uh, with Jason Statham, which we reviewed in episode 180. Yeah, last week. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's just I mean say it's unfair because it is a big Hollywood movie that you know Amazon you know uh, just bought because they could uh, really it's not it's 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 only I think it's only ended up DTV for that reason uh, not for not through any mm. 
poor box office or anything like that, as far as I'm aware. Oh, it's just it's 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 not perfect by any means. I mean, for example, I don't think Statham's performances, or at least his character, doesn't have a huge amount to work with. He's basically scowling all the time, but all the characters around him and and the and the the you know the the design and the music and you know the the, the plot twists and and stuff it just worked for me so well. Uh, I've watched it twice now. I'm really keen to watch it again. Steve, uh, you had this on your list as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's different from what I'd normally expect from Statham. Um, it's a bit, even Guy Ritchie, you know, it's, you know, the different timelines jumping from place to place and there's that intrigue going all the way through, really. And, yeah, I watched it with the, with the wife last week. Even the wife enjoyed it as well. She thought it was really good. And... Yeah, it it, it kind of does what it says it should, but it does it in a different way, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's what I liked about it. Awesome. Um, okay, so Steve, what was your number one? Uh, my number one was Werewolves Within. Uh, fantastic. Uh, I was just about to say, if you haven't mentioned it, I wanted to mention it as an honourable mention. <laughs> so I'm so I'm so glad yeah. you did said that. <laughs> It's a classic. It, yeah, it's just a whole lot of fun and really well shot. Probably the best video game adaption. Uh, I know it's very, very loosely based on the video game from what I've seen. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just so much fun. You know, you got your scariness. You, you, the characters are great, aren't they? Yeah, the characters are bouncing off each other all the time. Script is excellent. I'm really, really getting into Sam Richardson now because of this. I think he's absolutely, he's great. Um, I've watched a couple of other things with him and listened to a couple of podcasts with him on as well and really enjoying him. And it's just so much fun. It's one of them I could watch over and over again. I mean, I, I really, really need to watch it again. Um, is it on Shudder again? Because I'll no, be honest, it's, it's coming on Netflix. It. It's coming on Netflix, yeah, right? Because I've been struggling to find it. Yeah, recently. It, it, it's 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 due to come on Netflix soon. Brilliant. Yeah. So I'll be watching that when it, when it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just really well shot as well. Um, like especially when they're in the um, the hotel um, with, especially scenes with the the doctor locked away. I just thought. Yeah. It, it just works. It really is good. It, it really is a great w- film. Yeah. When I when I first watched it, it felt, what it felt like was an American version of um, Edgar Rice. Um, sorry, yeah, Edgar Wright. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's got that sort of um, sort of editing and timing. Um, the, the bit when the, when the doctor, the professor first turns up, is, is just really funny. You know, mm. just just the, the timing of it, just just yeah. really really worked. Really enjoyed it. Have you seen um, the Wolf of Snow Hollow? No, I really want to see it. Mm. I'll have a look at that then. Yeah, that, that's very good as well. Different, different kind of humour, but that works really well. Mm. Okay, so my number one. Um, considering that Steve punted this right at the beginning of the list, um, yep. and it hasn't appeared on mine yet, so you know what it is. It is the Swordsman. Again, this is a film we covered right at the beginning of the year. 
um, I just absolutely love this. Uh, it's, it's nothing new. It's basically taken with swords. Um, but it works mm. really, really well. Um, and Joe Taslim, as the bad guy, he puts in a performance which is on the same level as Orlando Bloom in The Three Musketeers. Um, the, one, the one with Milo Jovovich. Because um, he, he chews the scenery like crazy in that film. And, mm. and, and it's almost as if he's channeling uh, Orlando Bloom here with his sort of smarm and sort of, you know, the way he struts around the place. Um, the action is superb. You know, the, the uh, sword fights, just absolutely superbly well done. Um, you know, we covered so many films and only a handful I will actually go out of my way to purchase, you know, after, after, the, after the fact. And, and this one was a no-brainer for me, you know. It's almost, in fact, while I was actually watching the screener that, that sent us to, to, to review, I was actually typing in an order into Amazon. You know, that, that, that's how much I like this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was absolutely beautiful to look at. And just the action was great. The bad guy is an absolute, absolute bastard. And like I say, choose the scenery. And the main character, Tay uh, Tay Yu, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it was great. I really, really enjoyed this. It's so beautifully choreographed, and you know that final, not battle, but you know where he's just hacking everyone to pieces. Where about four hundred to one. Tried yeah. doing it, you know. Tried know. doing that for, yeah, for a full ninety minutes. No, this does it in like you know the 20, 20 minute crescendo, and it mm. works. You know, yeah. Uh, I think this is really cool. Okay, um, I believe that is our list. Um, Any honourable mentions? I got one or two, but they're not films we covered they are dtv but um unfortunately we never got around to to reviewing them one, one of them's the paintball massacre oh yeah yeah mm. um, the guy from uh, from was it far, uh, steps. No, steps steps yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's also got katie brand in it uh, and she, she's actually rubbish but what it does have is a brilliant <laughs> script um it's also mm. got um Ch cheryl berniston she plays this character who um you know there's a high school reunion at this place, they're going to be playing paintball the next day, and her boyfriend is like the most popular guy at school, but he's not there. He, he sent his girlfriend instead, um, and they were like moaning because she was the one that you know they always took piss out of, and you know she, she was the goody two shoes sort of thing. Um, but then during the, the the paintball game, people start getting murdered. They're getting murdered in in the um, in the style of whatever their profession is, you know. So mm. lifeguard gets drowned, you know, so a state agent has a for sale sign driven through his chest, you know, this sort of stuff. Uh, and it just works really well. And, and the script itself, you know, is really well written. I, I really, really liked it. You know, very low budget, but I, am, I think it's one of those films that does punch above its weight. How about you guys, Rich? Um. Oh, I've... I've... I could mention quite a few, but I'm just gonna. Uh, I was gonna. I mean, stealing, Cha uh, stealing Chaplin. I thought mm -hmm. was 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 worth a look. Uh, Bloody Hell, 
Uh, yes, I like that one a lot. Almost made it yeah. into my list. Uh, Devil's Machine I liked a lot, but yeah, uh, yeah I mean we've had, we've been lucky. We've had a lot of good films this year, and yeah. as you say, there's been loads that we haven't been able to cover. Uh, that who, you know, mm. that uh, another one actually is, is um, Disappearance at Lake Elrod. That 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 was very good. Mm-hmm. It was um, mm. that was awesome. Yeah, so 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 that was about a missing missing girl case, and this. Um, you know her, her mum. Uh, sort of, you know, a year a year after her disappearance, she's still sort of trying to find her sort of thing, and then another girl goes missing. So she's like, put, you know, pressuring the police and everything. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a, a brilliantly put together sort of gumshoe style investigation, um, and, and with, with a few sort of really good twists along the way. Yeah, I mean, the ones I. I'd probably give a shout out to was the Fair Street trilogy on Netflix as well. Which one? I uh, Fair Street. Oh, Fair Street! Oh my the, god, that was yeah. awesome! Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that was really good, uh, especially the first one. Mm. But again, oh, the way it just jumped around from style to style to style, mm. and yeah, really enjoyed that. That was cracking. Yeah. The poor girl with the with the bread cutter. Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.